Chicks are crazy about this movie. Don't go see it then. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It is Thursday, August 19, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 227. This is No Agenda. Coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I am the last combat troop known as Adam Curry. And he's leaving in the dead of night. Here I am in northern Silicon Valley, where there's no summer. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Hot Pockets. In the morning to you, John. And in the morning to you. And to all ships at sea. Yay, I got to say it. And to all the human resources <laughs> listening in. Yeah, the human resources in the chat room at noagendachat.net. In the morning to y'all, that's where the party is when we blow it out on noagendastream.com Thursday and Sunday mornings. And, uh, wow, we haven't spoken at all again. This, I kind of like this. I like this relationship we've got I've going. always liked that part yeah. of it. <laughs> <laughs> Even <if> we, <laughs> that's so nice of you <laughs> there's another joke in there i won't use it yeah yeah that's good yeah well let's think of the meetings you're missing yeah i you know that's what i love so much about this is no meetings i had a couple more meetings yesterday i understand oh really no. well they're all phone meetings because uh i was excluded no one called no one called me i was excluded from the phone meeting well it was you know one of them meetings that uh I don't know. I didn't get in on it either. <laughs> yeah, we're good that way. <clears throat> so um, uh, I find these uh, the the time between Sunday and Thursdays, really that extra day that we have of uh, of just stuff that happens. It really does fill up everything. Just amazing things that go on in the world. Well, the difference, of course, you have to consider this possibility, too. When we do Thursday, we have the next two days, or Friday and Saturday, there's nothing going on. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we got big news days. Of course, Monday is a big news day. Get Monday's a big news condition. day. Then you got Tuesday and Wednesday, big news days. And then, you know, uh, so essentially we have whatever happens today, which is winding down the week. And then tomorrow, there's nothing. Saturday's dead. Before we get to uh, our producers, maybe we should just uh, roll this out real quick. And now, back to real news. Because the evidence is just stacking up uh, with the Mel Gibson chantix, uh, John. It's just stacking up. Now that he, he crashed his Maserati. Well, you know, I was watching the Joy Behar show. Ah, you were watching the beta test. As sans Joy Behar, she hasn't been on the show for a while. Everybody's missing from all their shows, by the way, except on the uh, right-wing side. But all the left-wingers are gone there. It's a meeting. It is. I mean, everybody's gone. Chris Matthews is gone. Joy Behar is gone. Rachel, uh, whatever. But last night, but last night uh, there was some uh, substitute. There was some other woman with like, uh, I don't know who it was. It was, it was, like, it was a weird show. She wasn't on yeah, all yesterday. The right, all the left wingers, are, except for Thom Hartman, are <laughs> missing in action. And apparently they, they didn't invite him to the meeting. Anyway, back to Mel Gibson in the real news category. Well, wait, before you go on. Because I know where you're headed, but I'm going to just mention what happened on the Joy Behar show. There was somebody on there, some woman who's also thinking along the lines we're thinking, but she's thinking Ambien. She thinks because he fell asleep at the wheel is what everybody believes that he's, he was either sleep uh, or sleep driving mm-hmm. or because the guy sleep you know, no. driving. He's a zombie. <laughs> sleep driving. He's a, that's exactly he's a, zombie. He's a zombie. <laughs> Because that's ambient, right? That's the mammo. Yeah, it's like you but take that's, it and then you wander around. No, nah, that's yeah. You know, I was um, I had a meeting by chance, actually more to promote my daughter with uh, the head of casting at the E Network, and uh, 
And, you know, it, it was actually a friend of a friend. And she says, oh, what are you doing? I talk about no agenda. I'm like, I, I, maybe I shouldn't uh, go straight into chemtrails and Atlas Shrugged with her. So I, I went in easy. I said, well, you know, we kind of assassinate the media like, uh, you know, like Mel Gibson, who's clearly on Shantix. And she does a spit take. Oh, my God. My husband was on that. I had to send him to the desert. It was so horrible. I think you're right. This is you're absolutely you're on the you're on the money here. So I think we finally we might see this crop up on E News now. So I, I think we've we've done our job. And uh, if someone can actually get well, the it took forever. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I had to go to the Comcast building to do it. But there you go. Hopefully we can save Mel. But uh, well, hopefully. But the report even says you know no alcohol involved. He was very courteous. No uh, racial epithets, um, and it, and it didn't. He didn't crash it, by the way. He, you know, he, he just banged, he banged it. Yeah, something. banged into the guardrail. But uh, he does say, uh, "I don't know. The car just went off the road. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the car just kind of went off the road." <laughs> Shantix, my friends, look it up. And if you're on it, stop immediately. Well, same with Ambien. Don't take that either. Yeah, this is true, but uh, Ambien is just, you know, that's well, it makes that's you, It makes you a zombie, which is different than making you crazy. Uh, yeah, no, zombies typically not crazy, is what you're telling me? Yeah. You've seen uh, Zombieland. Yeah, they're not crazy. Yeah. They're just hungry. <laughs> Very hungry. Did we get any support and any love from our uh, Yeah, we got listeners? a couple of, uh, exec- we have one, uh, two executive producers and a uh, associate this week, uh, Day. We didn't actually do as well as I'd hoped uh, in the last few days, and I hope people kind of step up a little bit because we're uh, falling behind. Uh, Michael Garcia from Tokyo, Japan, is named uh, the ne- next night and an executive producer by Paul Couture's program of, of Order of Challenge the Mint. Points. Yeah, the uh, noagendafans.com. He'll be a knight in the Order of the Mint. And uh, then uh, the other... Uh, executive producer will be Dennis Cruz from Beaverton, Oregon. Dennis, uh, no stranger to supporting the show, as far as I can. No, recall. he's been around. He's a okay, he's a patron. Yes, three twenty six twenty two. We should rename people who who give more than three or four times patrons, so they have a special list. All right, let's discuss that in the meeting. And then, yeah, well, that means we'll have to discuss it in the next show. And then, um, uh, for associate executive producer, we have Matthew Carey from Eastwood, South Australia. Oh, nice. Uh, he gave us 200 bucks, and so he's in. And that's it? Yeah. Mm, wow. Okay, yeah. Are, are we still kind of in the doldrums of summer here, or are we coming out, or is is this... Or, well, I think we're generally coming out. This was just, I think, a slow... The, the, I think maybe our last show was boring. I was going to say, did the last show just completely <laughs> suck? Yeah. Right. So I think, you know, if people get bored before we have the pitch, I think the things fall off. So it must have been some at the beginning. I think it's because you move the wacky part of the show to the beginning. You know, you know what's interesting? Because we don't have meetings, but you send email, and whenever uh, support is down, you always blame me. It's like it's all—it's always my fault. It's like, don't do this. You shouldn't do that. You're always yeah, blaming me. You, ne- you never you know say it. what. You're exaggerating. I one time I oh, sent you an one email. One time. Ah! One time. Oh, time to go to Snopes.com. See if we can debunk that. If it's been one time. One time, and I never hear the end of it. We'd like to thank uh, Michael Garcia and Dennis Cruz as uh, the ex- uh, executive producers for this episode, and Matthew Carey as our associate executive producer. This is a real credit. Uh, if you already have an IMDb listing, you can add it to it, no problem. You can put it on your business card and your email signature, and if anyone ever questions it, 
We'll vouch for you. All you have to do is call. We'd be happy to do that. All the rest of you out there, you can support us by propagating the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. No duck call. I can't find it. It's it's bad. I know. I got to get the duck call back. It's very bad. So, um, where was I? (laughs) The fact that you blame me for everything. No, no, no. That was just one time, and I'm I'm sorry I did that because obviously uh, you're you're sensitive, oversensitive. So. there was something I was going to bring up. I, mean, I was looking at a piece. Oh, yeah, Dvorak.org slash NA if you, NA if you want to uh, become an executive producer or uh, donate or subscribe to the $5 deal, mm. which uh, we need more of. We yeah, still are, that, uh, that really does work. The, the, the $5 uh, sustaining ongoing monthly subscription. If, if we had, I think, was it seven times the amount we had now, we'd be doing okay? Yeah, we just needed to have seven times more listeners, I think. Yeah, that's all that it takes, really. You know, speaking of zombies, and I think we talked about this, and you said, no, it's going to be vampires. But uh, the zombie thing, is the meme really is catching on. There's more and more zombie stuff. Yeah, this is your basic theory. Yeah, in fact, in Australia, since we have an associate executive producer from uh, Down Under, Matthew Carey, I can tell you that on, uh, what's the date here? Uh, very soon. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, Sunday, 24th of October, the Zombie March will be held uh, for the part of the Newcastle Undead Society. And uh, you can join them if you're uh, in Newcastle, Australia, and uh, you can march along as a zombie. The meme continues. Did, you hear, did we do this story? I think we may have or may not have, but the story that uh, this is like five or six months ago where some people were going to a zombie party and then they got into a wreck. But they were in their full <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, do, I do remember something like that. <laughs> a while back... <coughs> sorry. Oh, there's the 920 right on time. A while back there was a, um, it was a, a story that we, didn't, that we didn't do, but there's some college... And, uh, you know, the college has guidelines for if there's uh, like a terrorist attack, if there's a flood, if there's an earthquake. And I, I'll have to look up the story again. But as a joke, the guy who wrote this up also put in, in case uh, the zombies, you know, the attack of the undead. And he had like uh, like 15 pages of all the things you had to do in case uh, the school was being attacked by zombies. I should look that <laughs> one up. Yeah, it was pretty good. Speaking of trains, um, I was in... Montecito, California, uh, Monday and Tuesday, in uh, which is commonly known as Santa Barbara, which you're convinced is uh, one big jinxed place. Yeah, and uh, Dr. So, Laura Schlesinger's from there. As well, well, Oprah's got her house there, and uh, so we were staying with uh, with friends who have like three acres of of house. <laughs> it's amazing. However, um, what I didn't know is that. Uh, all day long, including uh, 12.30 a.m. and 3.30 a.m., the train runs right through this place. And and no matter where you are, even if you're Oprah Winfrey, you're hearing this thing. And it goes, doo, doo, it, 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 3.30 in the morning. 
Well, you know, these train guys, I'm convinced of it because every so often they pull it here. But they have trains running around here. Not a lot of them, but at 3.30 in the morning, but they come through. But every so often, one guy will get a hair up his ass and start honking his horn at like 4 in the morning right through a residential area mm. because he thinks it's funny. Funny. Yeah, no, no, these guys actually are doing it because it runs right through town. I mean, there's actual houses on either side. There's no side. reason to be honking the horn. No. You got a bell on the thing. It's not going through at 100 miles an hour. Yeah, it was moving pretty fast. And funny enough, it that should be the southern something line, but there was, it was a Burlington southern Pacific. But it was Burlington trains that were on the track. That's because they're all owned by Burlington Northern Santa Fe. Oh, okay. And they, they basically... Uh, Burlington Northern bought out most of the country's rail. Right, right. And so they're using every train. By the way, this company has obviously no, this Buffett company, it obviously has no pride or self-esteem or it has or it has too much maybe. These trains, uh, they're, they're just mixing and matching the various engines. They're, they're not repainting anything. They're not proud, obviously, of anything they're doing. No. They look like crap. They're dirty. They are just junk engines running up and down. It's just, I, I find it, in the olden days, when they had the people, you know, these train companies, Southern Pacific, um, Santa Fe, before they were bought out and all the rest of them, they were proud of what they were doing. And they had their engines that were glorious, they were glamorous. These guys, they, you know, just junk, dirt. It's, it's pathetic. It's <laughs> dirty, embarrassing. Dirty windows. <laughs> well, it's okay. They only need boxcars in the future to transport us to the FEMA camps. It'll be okay. Well, they got to no use problem. the boxcars for something because they're not using them for freight anymore. So, um, I don't know where you'd want to start today. I, uh, a lot of research been has been done by our producers. For those of you new to the program, you're not a listener, you're a producer. On uh, the, and I've been corrected, it's not the buy company at buy.com. It is uh, commonly known as BI. <laughs> um, and yeah, the bracelet operation. Yeah, the Gitmo Jewelry uh, Company. Uh, would you like to start with that? Would you just like a couple of couple of pieces of this research that'll just kind of make it make it laugh? that we push that off a little bit and talk about the big news, which is the fact that we've snuck out of Iraq. Yeah, combat troops only. Yeah, I know, but we <laughs> snuck out. It was all done at the dead of night. I got a couple of clips that kind of discussed this. I thought the best reporting on this, I hate to say it, was Democracy Al Jazeera. Now? Oh, Al Jazeera. <laughs> of course. Because Al Jazeera has a bunch of little interesting usages that they, when they're talking or discussing anything, they, uh, uh, they, they, they'll say stuff like, well, the Americans are, are battling so-called terrorists, mm. or the Americans are battling what they like to call terrorists. Or, you know, there's always this little, there's always a, uh, a qualifier that they tend to use in the, as they report. And this funny thing I was, I'm noticing an interesting meme on the left wing side of things. Uh, they're trying to get, slip this in, because there's a huge report, uh, that's showing up on Democracy Now! It's showing up on uh, the Free Speech TV group, which is all very left-wing stuff. And there's this one thing on Arabs and terrorism, and they're trying to slip in the fact that none of this is terrorism. Um, it's all resistance. Oh, it's a new word. It's resistance. Yeah. Oh, that's but interesting. Resistance, resistance to us, I presume. Well, resistance to, 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 to occupation. Oh. Hmm. Uh, anyway, the, uh, it's quite interesting. I'm working on, uh, some of the, um, more, um, 
unique uh, propagandistic aspects of this but they you know they're going to promote it it's it's uh but they're doing the al jazeera and the, as they do their news reports they've already slipped this meme into the way they report so there's a note of resistance and but at the same time i have to say they have uh, some amusing coverage of the way uh, the troops were leaving, and they're all basically have left as of last night. So, so let me just because uh, I didn't watch Al-, Al Jazeera, I wound up seeing Rachel Maddow in uh, Iraq with the last battalion. And uh, why does she have to be there? Because she's a part of the propaganda machine. Clearly, clearly, there's no other reason for her to be there. And and you know, so it wasn't like. It, it clearly wasn't sneaking out in the dead of night, John. If she was there, they called her up. It's like, hey, come on over. We're leaving. Yeah, but they were sneaking out in the dead of night. Play a couple of clips or play Draw Down from Al Jazeera, which is the opening uh, uh, report. It, uh, it means uh, we finished a mission. And I, I'm proud to, to know that uh, our brigade was the last combat brigade in Iraq. Uh, we finished with honor and we finished with dignity. Uh, most importantly, we left uh, capacity with the Iraqi security forces uh, so they can take the lead from here on out. Seven and a half years after the invasion, Iraqis are now for the first time since Saddam in charge of their own security. Some Iraqi army officers say they're unprepared. Earlier this month, Iraq's top army officer, General Babakir Zabari, said his soldiers would need 10 more years to be ready. A senior Iraqi intelligence officer, who asked us not to use his name for fear of his life, told us he believes the Iraqi army is unfit, incompetent, and unprepared to take over. He said he had detailed information about high-profile attacks to come. And most damning of all, he said the downward trend in violence over the last few months is actually a result of underreporting. <laughs> he was being prevented from reporting some of the violent activity in his area. Iraq, he says, is in the throes of a surge of violence. Even as the U.S. heralds the departure of its combat forces, there remains a massive infrastructure of military bases and 50,000 U.S. soldiers. Their stated role is to act as trainers and advisors and to continue to counter what they call terrorism. With the government in stalemate, increasing violence, and senior Iraqi army concerns, the question is, will this milestone mark the end of the war or the beginning of a new period of violence? So they say, uh, this guy has the gall to say, hey, we need 10 more years of training. And, the, and what I saw in 2003, uh, they needed 10 years then. There was, uh, I think we've talked about this before yeah, on the show. Yeah, they're shooting their guns into the ground. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like about face, half of them turn right, half of them turn left, you know, bumping yeah. into each other. I mean, they, they were just not well trained at all. I guess you only need... Uh, what is it? What is uh, what is? Do you need is, ten years? I don't do. Don't we do basic training with some of the dumbest days, people in the world? Sixty days or something. And be careful what you months. say about some of the dumbest people in the world. That's there are some of the dumbest insult. people in the world that are easily trained in basic training. Okay. Well, not everybody. That, that joins that's a the different army. way of saying. That's a different way of saying it. I'm just. I'm just watching your back, my brother. Well, that's fine. You can send me an email if you don't like the comment, but I'm sure anyone in the Army knows there's some dummies in there. They, get, they, they have to work with them. But the point is is that we can train some of the dumbest people in the world to be uh, reasonably good soldiers. So why does it take them 10 years? How dumb are they? That's the point. So anyway, so now, meanwhile, uh, I don't see that um, <laughs> the way they report us leaving, which is essentially sneaking out under the cover of darkness... <laughs> 
uh, I thought was pretty humi- you know, humiliating, but it's, it's also kind of funny. And you can play uh, the sneaking out of Iraq clip because it actually wasn't even a single. They didn't just leave. They snuck out under the cover of darkness. And then when the sun came up, they all parked themselves in another camp and then waited for it to get dark again. <laughs> and then snuck really? out. <laughs> Let's listen to that. And Josh, as you mentioned, this, this is all taking place two weeks ahead of schedule. And it's only some 450 troops or so, which suggests that they were pretty much at 50,000 troops anyway. Do, do we have any more insight into the timing of all this? Well, the timing is tactical. They were worried about attacks on the way out of the country. So they did it, hopefully, to be out of the country before the, you know, what they would call the enemy would even realize that they're gone. So while media had been along on the ride, they had to embargo the story until today. As well. There you go. The media had been along. The media knew it. They were sitting there and they, oh, embargo. Come on, Rachel, come in a couple days early, but be quiet now. Yeah, they, they, be all, quiet. they all followed orders. Yeah. And yes, sir. Way- yes, sir. We'll shut up, sir. And they also, you've noticed the guy says what they call the enemy. This is a little Al Jazeera propaganda, oh, yeah, reverse yeah, propaganda. Yeah, nice. Uh, but the point is, is yeah, no, everybody was in on this. Uh, this is v- completely underreported. I don't know. Did Rachel mention that they were leaving under the cover of darkness no, in the dead of no. night? It, I, what I do know is that uh, it is very treacherous, this uh, this journey they make, because I made it. You go from, uh, uh, this basically is an eight-lane highway that goes all the way to Kuwait City. And that's what that's what they're and it's, it's I mean literally eight lanes, uh, and you have to drive in the middle because there's you know all kinds of IED stuff uh, possible on the side. Because I did that. Uh, well, we actually we flew back in the helicopter when we went up to uh, uh, the Baghdad direction. We drove in the middle of the road, and then you know it's like 400 miles, so we had to pee at a certain point. And when you get out, um, and yeah, and of course the troops get out first and make sure there's nothing's going to blow up in your face or you know blow your schlong off. And uh, and then you know you go stand to the side of the road, and within five seconds, John, just all these people start appearing out of nowhere, just and it's desert, and like, and they just there they are. So it's uh, it's a it's it is a treacherous road, certainly you know something that. Well, I don't blame him for leaving under the cover of darkness. I think it should have been reported to the public, A. But B, you know, if this was such a victorious, glamorous thing where it's supposed to be greedy with roses and posies, you'd be cheering, oh, you're leaving, hooray, hooray, your job is done. I guess what they didn't want is they didn't want people waving goodbye. Like, yeah, get the hell out. So this whole thing was a fiasco, and this just epitomizes it, in my opinion. Can we just, uh, just for historical sake, listen to the take it to the bank statement by the president? Let me just see what he uh, promised to do. Because I, I, I literally do not remember what he said, but I have the quote here. I will promise you this. If we have not- no ah, what happened there? Sorry. Hello? Yeah, something weird happened. Let me try that again. I will promise you this. That if we have not gotten our troops out by the time I am president... It is the first thing I will do. I will get our troops home. We will bring an end to this war. You can take that to the bank. Notice he didn't say combat troops. No, he said troops. troops. He said troops. It so was there's also- still troops there. There's 50,000 troops left. Yeah. And, that, and, that, and that's clip. what they say. And that's what they say, John. That's what they yeah, say. Yeah, who knows? I know who there's the hell, a lot of the hell knows? Play the rest of the clip, and there's some other details that are interesting. Okay, hold on. We were about here. Sorry. Mode of safety in Kuwait. Uh, they also drove at night. So each of these, you know, long stretches of uh, strikers, maybe 30 to 50 of them at a time, would leave around 11 p.m. in the evening. 
uh, and then stop at a base halfway between Baghdad and Kuwait at 7 in the morning, rest up, and then leave the next night at 11 again. Uh, we, in fact, as that package just said, were on that journey with them uh, two, two nights ago. And, and were you given any more insight into what counter-terrorism operations means? That's, that's the phrase that gets those who are normally quite suspicious about the Pentagon raising an eyebrow, because that could perhaps mean anything, really. <laughs> hey, he's looking at us, John. <laughs> well, of course, you know, and that's what they're saying is like these these uh, civilian tr- civilian uh, force. I think it, I even heard it called. Um, they in in a heartbeat they can turn into combat troops. You know, it's like well, if there's any trouble, then it's just a matter of you know stepping into the phone booth, and then all of a sudden they're combat troops. It's a it it's a double speak at best. The uh, I also want to mention something. Is that the whole clip? I think so. Yeah, that's it. Um, these strikers, we never really talked much about this, and I yeah. didn't even think much about it until they started showing them going off. These strikers, which look like uh, uh, equipment, it looks like equipment from the movie Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, they got the. And how does that cage stop a, a, a Stinger missile? Here's it. I want to send you a link. Um, to a one copy of what most of them look like, because a lot of these uh, that when they show them to the public, they're, they're all cleaned up. But the ones that they have over there are covered with all kinds of garbage that are I don't even know. Some of it's just shading. It's camouflage. Like, yeah, it's camouflage. One of us, well, I don't know. It's not camouflage. It's like a tent, you know, something to keep the sun from killing. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of weird, uh, probably practical reasons that these things are all gussied up. But they're not. Uh, but most of them look really they look. Ter- I mean, they really do look a lot like. Uh, Here's one right here I'm sending. Well, they I saw look- it because Ma- Rachel Maddow was in one. Oh, she was in one. Yeah, it was she, all yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she, it, it, everything I saw was about the strikers, the strikers, the strikers. I'm not I think quite. Stri- I think that you know they have a bunch, they have a cage on the outside of most of yeah. these things, and I think that's just for billboards. <laughs> Verizon Wireless. <laughs> I think there was a bunch of billboards on the side that said like Wireless or Coca Cola, Pepsi. <laughs> And so when this war brought town, to you yeah, by Verizon Wireless. <laughs> I mean, I can't see any other reason for the the cage. But the bottom the one I sent you has a uh, has a tent over the top, which is like no. Accor- according to the Rachel Maddow uh, report, uh, that is so you cannot see that there are troops in it and it looks like something different from the air, like the Iraqis are in the air. But uh, but but the large <laughs> what the Iraqis are in the air. Yeah. What what the, what so called terrorist is in the air? They're kite surfing. <laughs> that's, that's how they get up in the air. Um, but the the overarching thing here is that you know so fifty thousand could be five hundred thousand for all we know. And it's uh, are they actual enlisted men and women? Well, I know that a battalion from California went over there just last week, so I know that there are some actual enlisted uh, servicemen and women. Uh, but we're going to be there for the next 10 years, maybe 20 years. We're still in Okinawa, Japan. That's 65 years ago. So it's an empire, and, and, oh, and we can't Eric afford it, and the, it's dumb. It's dumb that we're there. Eric mentioned that this, the little cage around the outside, so if somebody throws a hand grenade, it likely is to hit the cage and then bounce off. Now, before in the, it hits in the, the report, literally, and I, don't, I have a hard time believing it, literally the uh, sergeant major, I forget his title, his rank said that's if someone shoots a uh, not a not a RPG an RPG yeah if someone shoots an RPG then it'll hit the grating and apparently it won't blow up the the striker but I think billboards are a better use of it I think billboards <laughs> are the real reason come on. oh you know what it should be oh it's so clear how come I how come I didn't even figure this one out hot pockets <laughs> <laughs> this war brought to you by hot pockets. <laughs>
<laughs> right. So, um, yeah. But that's uh, that's pretty much everything that, that was being So that's hilarious that yesterday. Rachel Maddow yeah. was over there. Yeah. No, it's not so, hilarious. So MSM, did the government pay for that? I mean, why is the... It seems like if you're running a network, that that's the biggest waste of money you can imagine. Unless well, you have a correspondent, and you already already have correspondents, tons of them over there. Why do you have to send your your? Oh, maybe they're trying to kill her. Ah, <laughs> uh, finally, something good hits the wire. Nice. All right, let me move uh, a little bit closer to home. In, unless you have more on. Uh, no, I'm done with the on Iraq this farce. Thing. On this freaking farce, we should be. The out. guy mentioned the fact that there was only really 400 troops that snuck out in the dead yeah. at night because all the other yeah. everyone's 50, already gone. Yeah. Long since disappeared. Yeah, and 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 I heard fifty thousand. Heard fifty six thousand. I heard fifty seven thousand. I heard less than fifty thousand. Nobody. Has no one the has number. the answer. We don't know. Now this is uh, closer to home, closer to the border. Uh, this is from the El Paso Times. Uh, and they've got a video of this guy with his testimony. I don't speak it to Spanish, so I cannot uh, tell you uh, if what is written is exactly what he says. However, uh, the uh, La Linea drug cartel, that's kind of the, I guess that's their brand name for the Juarez drug cartel. I don't know. I'm just saying. Have um, uh, hired beautiful young women to work as assassins for the group. Like hot chicks, uh, because uh, they figured out that when you have hot chicks, uh, the guys, their targets get distracted, <laughs> and it's easier for them to to take the hit out. Didn't the Russians knew, know this forever? Yeah, they work like any other hitman. He says. Uh, however, uh, here it is. Uh, Hate to get one of those girls angry about some sexual harassment by one of these cartel dudes. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. They, you know, they're taking the scene right out of the playbook. Yeah, it's out of some movie. So beware of hot Mexican chicks, I think, is the, is the overall <laughs> message. Stay away. Uh, kind of frightening. Trip around Gitmo Nation. Uh, Finland. Is Finland? They're in the European Union, aren't they? I believe so. Yeah. Well, let's see if we can look it up. Look it up. Well, well, why don't you look it up, and I'll play this uh, little bit of um, from the BBC, actually. Finland is planning to stub out smoking. Actually, they call it the smoking habit entirely. So they, they want to essentially ban smoking in the entire country. And so the BBC puts this little clip together, with, uh, which is just great when you listen to what's being said. Uh, and yeah, you actually have to see the video, and I'll link to it in the show notes at noagendashow.com, to the, to, the, to the guy at the end of the clip, who's the guy who is, of course, promoting smoking. <laughs> they could have not made it any better. Uh, the uh, the uh, Finland's in the EU and also part of the Eurozone. Here we go. Hold on a second. Let people do what they want to do. They're not, you know, giving us, us limits about alcohol. It's very bad habit to, to everyone, and I don't want um, kids. I have two kids. I don't want them to smoke. I think it's pretty damn good, because this is a stupid habit. They make everybody to be afraid of, of death. I'm not so. I'm not so afraid of dying that I, I would uh, ruin my life because of that. I enjoy smoking my cigar. 
So I uh, I sent you the link, John, and I put it into the chat room. So so essentially, what they've done is there's two things in this clip which I like. One is. Uh, oh, it's not like uh, they're banning alcohol. So beware, my friends, because you may be against smoking, but they're coming for your booze next. Trust me. And then they put this guy at the back who's got like this crazy beard and a crazy hat and his eyes are all wild and he's smoking a stogie. And he's like, I like smoking my cigar. Like you could not make smokers look any more ludicrous than, than putting this guy into the clip. It's so, it's so obvious what is going on here. And I'll just say it again. Yeah, smoking. Yeah, it's a filthy habit, and it it'll, it'll kill you. But uh, you know, uh, be very careful for those of you saying, "Yeah, get rid of all the smokers because they're coming for your booze next." I swear to God, it's it's gonna be all over. In fact, uh, Days of Our Lives is even uh, propagating it. Here's a clip from uh, a recent episode. Don't you get it? That could have been me. You don't do drugs. Yeah, but I drank. It's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much the same thing as drugs. They're coming for you. They're putting it in the media. It's getting out there. You beware. And well, we, we, we do have some counter programming. Oh, really? Nice, nice, nice. I that like it helps that a little bit. Not, probably not as much, but, but because it's so, so funny, it might be very useful. to Play the drug commercial that I have. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, through or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. Is a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! <laughs> it, may, it may get your ass kicked. <laughs> you know, it's. I was listening to that, and I'm like, oh my God, there's another huge piece of anti-alcohol propaganda going on right now. I don't, you probably don't watch uh, Entourage. Which is the, the highly successful HBO yeah, no, I, series. I've, I've seen episodes of it, and I, I think it's very enjoyable. It's just something I don't feel like getting into. Right. So I, have, uh, I usually miss it on Sundays, but we have it on the, uh, on the DVR. And uh, so what's happened is Vince is, you know, a turtle, uh, the, the buddy there, he starts a tequila business. There's a lot of memes in this, now that I think about it, with some, like, you know, some guy who totally looks like a Mexican drug dealer, but he's, uh, he's 
you know, so he's manufacturing the tequila. And of course, uh, he wants Vince, the star of the show, uh, to, um, you know, put his his brand Vince on this uh, tequila to make it really popular. And it is. And people are standing in line. But this, meanwhile, is bringing down Vince's entire career because he's gone from tequila to Coke and sleeping with porn stars. So um, I would be interesting to watch Sunday night. Maybe this is a, a whole nother part of the meme. And of course, we know that. The show is loosely based around Ari Emanuel, Ram Emanuel's brother. So maybe there was a call there. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, but it's... There's always something suspicious going it's on. It's definitely an anti... Uh, I think it could be a big anti-alcohol thing. Interesting. Meanwhile... Well, prohibition. Nearly one million children in the United States uh, have potentially been misdiagnosed. They probably have ADHD. That's right. They probably didn't have it. That's Were what I said. They're, they're, they're misdiagnosed as having a. I'm sorry. Misdiagnosed as having ADHD, uh, attention deficit. What's the H for? Hearing disorder. I have no <laughs> idea what the H attention is for. deficit hearing disorder. <laughs> uh, and of course, they've all been smacked on Ritalin. Oh yeah, though that could be uh, that could be wrong. And all of those kids are all strung out on drugs now. The ones that were st- when they started on Ritalin years and years ago. Very. very they're actually on drugs. Yeah, they're actually, yeah. they have to, they're now, they're, they're completely ruined. But the legal drug... out there lets their kid get, get put on this crap because they, they have, first of all, they have a bad doctor. Yeah. And uh, they uh, are just uh, ruining their kids' lives. Meanwhile... You got a hyperactive kid, just... Uh, slap him around. Him. Bounce him. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> just put up with it. Meanwhile, the... Um the legal drug industry, no one is up in arms about that whatsoever. Did you hear about the huge vaccine recall in your backyard, Mr. Dvorak? Why would I have heard about it? Because it's on your local news, which I have It wasn't to... on my local news. Okay. Well, let's have a listen, and uh, you might uh, be surprised what's going on. It may have handed out a bad batch of vaccinations. How bad? Thousands of people could be impacted, including many school children. KTVU's David Stevenson live tonight in San Francisco with that story. David. Mike, that's right. Southern, uh, excuse me, Sutter Pacific Medical Foundation officials say they're particularly concerned young kids and teens may have gotten weak doses of vaccines. The scariest thing would be thinking that you did the right thing by getting them their vaccine and then finding out later. Now, notice they haven't said what vaccine yet, but that's still to come. The vaccine may or may not have protected them. For parents, it's a nightmare. Between January and June, Sutter Pacific Medical Foundation says about 3,000 of its patients in the North Bay and San Francisco may have gotten bad batches of vaccines. An estimated 70% of those affected are children. The potency of these vaccines are in question, but we don't know whether the effect of them. And at the present time, there is no good way of being able to tell you, yes, this vaccine was effective or not effective. Just watch to see if your kid drops dead or starts walking spastic. Then that's probably, uh, then your kid got one of them. The problem began a month ago when Sutter officials discovered temperature fluctuations in a vaccine refrigerator similar to this newer. A month ago. A month ago. And this is now on the news. No one's up in arms. No one's running around. Have you heard your neighbors like rushing out into the street? Oh, my God, I got a bad vaccine. This whole story is, is weird. Go on. Well, of course, you know what the solution is, right? Yeah, get another yeah. shot. Uh-huh. A survey of refrigerator logs in 14 clinics found too much heat or too much cold may have damaged vaccines for polio, hepatitis, H1N1, whooping cough, and other illnesses. You are fucked. Is <laughs> 
everything. Everything you got a shot for, you're screwed. We have no evidence that anybody who was immunized against any of these uh, uh, illnesses has come down uh, with that illness as a, as a consequence of this. Still, Sutter on Saturday began sending out letters to the thousands who may have gotten weak shots, asking them to come in for free re-immunizations. San Francisco school officials say kids affected by the Sutter vaccines should be re-immunized as soon as possible. So, let me ask you a question. If, uh, if a vaccine essentially goes bad because it's been uh, it's heated up too much, isn't that like life-threatening? I don't know. Why would it be? I don't you know. To catch the disease. I, I don't know. I mean, do you? The get... whole thing is is crazy. Well, the whole thing is. I I I don't even really believe it. I think it's just. Hey, we still got some H one N one hanging around. Oh here. no, they they know that they have to get rid of their H one N one stock because apparently it's going to expire in the next six months. And exactly. They got, and there's, and there's so much of it left because nobody bought into the into the fear tactics of that crazy old lady at the WHO. Yep. That, uh, it that is I, I, I think you're right. I think this is just, hey, we, we've got to get rid of more of it. It's, and it's, it's making money, these vaccines. It's going to make money. They may give it free. Someone will pay for it. Tax, taxpayers will pay for it. John Thompson, producer, says, my dad works at Purdue University. We get these flyers all the time from the Human Resources Department. Make sure you're nice and warm. About health and things of that nature. One of the perks is that he and my mom get free flu shots every year. We got a flyer about this year's flu shots in the mail. Guess what? This year's shots will have H1N1 vaccine built right into it. My mom, who's a big No Agenda fan, said she ain't getting one. <laughs> no word on John's mom, uh, dad there, but uh, at least uh, his mom is uh, on board with the program. But yeah, this to me seems like a great way to do it. And maybe this will crop up in other parts of Gitmo Nation where, oh, something went bad, you've got to come back. Because they do have to get rid of it. We have to, uh, yeah, and I think people out there should, you know, one of the things about our show, because it's international, is that we'll bring something up and then there'll be parallel uh, uh, stories around the world that are never, never hooked together as one giant worldwide story. And yeah. that that actually happened in this last week when I was just coincidentally uh, running a blog item about the 288 million bad chicken eggs. Oh, yeah, this was the big recall that came out of Iowa. And apparently, you know, uh, Safeway, Albertsons, all the big stores. Ralph's carried, even. Ralph's, which is huge Ralph's. here in L.A. Yeah. They all carried these eggs. Of course, I, uh, you know, we, the Dvorak house. You lay your own eggs. We have our own chickens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And, uh, in fact, we have another batch of chickens down here in Albany now that uh, one of our uh, friends has uh, loaded up his backyard with, and I'm going to get eggs there. But the point is, is so I'm looking up, I'm doing the story, I figure, well, let me do some, I'm looking for some artwork, so I'm looking at images under the term poison eggs. Well, lo and behold, the exact same story crops up in the U.K. and all in oh, different really? spots all around the world. Really? Yeah. Bad eggs. Scotland, huh. UK, here and there. So, what could that be about? Poison I don't know. Eggs. Something's wrong with the eggs, or they're trying to keep us from eating eggs. I don't know. I haven't gotten to the bottom of it. Wow, but it's, it's rather peculiar. I thought that there was one outbreak after another of these bad eggs around the world, but nobody's put two and two together all at the same time, huh? Well, all within the same six-month period. Well, it's funny because I had a similar uh, experience, uh, and just like you said, John, sent by two different sources from uh, our producing audience. So the story that uh, everyone is, uh, uh, the, the, mo- the most emailed story I received, Wyclef Jean 
in hiding after death threats over Haiti presidency bid. Yeah, I got that one too. Right. So he's, uh, you know, he's gotten death threats and he's hiding and, uh, oh, he's in a secret location in Haiti. Well, not so, because here I have a YouTube video with actual proof of him performing in Hoogstraten in Belgium during a festival week two days ago. He's not in hiding. He's in hiding in Belgium. Yeah, living it up. <laughs> in Hoogstraten, which is where I used to have the Curry Castle, <laughs> which, by the way, you might as well be hiding. I mean, I agree with that. But the, the guy's he, he's, he's doing shows. He's not hiding. This is total bull crap. Total, all he wants to do is hide so he doesn't have to do interviews because people are on to him. But, yeah. uh, but you know, it's, it's fun to see that where uh, uh, Guardian, yeah. BBC. Well, the, first, the first graph of the APN story is a pop star and Haitian presidential hopeful Wycliffe. John says he's gone into hiding after getting death threats. Yeah. No, death he, threats. He's performing in Belgium. Link in the show notes. You can see him right there. He's on stage doing a show. <laughs> because of all the death threats. You know, those Belgians, they're pretty mellow. Maybe he's visiting uh, Haiku Herman. Hanging yeah. out. Hanging out in Belgium. It's total bull crap. And, you know, the, and, and, and I have a clip, by the way. I'm not gonna, I don't want to play it at the moment. And we'll play it if we really run out of material. About There was done on the military channel about... Uh, about... Uh, Midget submarines, they called them. And they were like one-man subs that would carry a bomb, mm-hmm. you know, one torpedo. And these guys would sneak up on ships and literally, like, attach the torpedo to the ship right. and then sneak right. away and then blow up the ship. Yeah. And the Japanese, uh, it's a, it's a, it talks about the Japanese version of the, of the uh, midget uh, submarine. The Japanese guys were, were suckered uh, into becoming suicide midget <laughs> torpedo guys. Yeah, they put him in the thing, and then they 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 weld them <laughs> into the <laughs> Sayonara. <laughs> and, tell them to go. and it was actually quite funny because the guy, uh, the Japanese guy, says we were misled by the government. <laughs> yeah, I guess it does happen everywhere. I think people should note that the, those of you who listen to the show routinely, uh, at least. The way we, I mean, I don't think we're, I mean, we're as susceptible to being misled as anybody. But generally speaking, the two of us do not uh, really buy into most government uh, propaganda. I don't care, you know, if the greatest nation in the world lies to you. Anyway, just a point. Hey, uh, I'm looking for the story. An important uh, plastic surgeon died. Uh, I don't know if anyone uh, sent that link to you. Oh, really? I didn't get that one. Yeah, this is, uh, and for some reason I now, maybe I... Where was he from? He's from California. He's the guy that did, uh, what's her name, Catherine Heigl, who got like 10 surgeries in a row. He did Janice Dickinson. Um, did they, the guy that was the head of MCI who did the phony heart attack, that guy? No, no, no. <laughs> that guy. Well, so you immediately start to think, it's like, okay, who did he do in the witness protection program that he had to get uh, two to the head for? Uh, but then MTV News. <laughs> Wait, maybe I put it under Ministry of Truth. That would be where I put it, probably. Jeez. Uh, well, somewhere in the show notes is the, is the link about this guy. But he, you know, people are like really sad because he helped so many important celebrities really better their lives with plastic surgery. 
So how uh, old was he? He was young. He was uh, probably about uh, thirty-eight, something like that. Mm. MTV News, though, knows how to spin the story into something into a very important public service announcement. <laughs> A new development in the untimely death of celebrity plastic surgeon Dr. Frank Ryan has emerged. Ryan was reportedly tweeting just before his car plunged off a cliff in Malibu on Monday. He tweeted, After 25 years of driving by, I finally hiked to the top of the giant sand dune on the west of Malibu. Much harder than it looks. Whew. In the state of California, texting while driving is against the law. <laughs> this tragic event brings to the forefront once again the dangers of texting while driving. Earlier in the year, Oprah launched the No like Phone Zone campaign, which urges people to sign pledges not to chat or text from behind the wheel. Ooh, Distracted drivers. Uh, it sounds like a whole like a whole PSA campaign. Who is this kid? He sounds like he's 12. I don't know. He probably is. Drivers are blamed for an estimated 6,000 deaths and half million injuries a year. Well, so, a year. So celebrity plastic surgery. A year. Sur- he's blamed for it. A, a year. year. A year. Dr. Frank Ryan was involved in a car accident and died on Monday after his car fell from a cliff in Malibu on Monday. Oh, Mel Gibson drives off. This guy falls off the cliff in Malibu. This is not. It was a Jeep Wrangler. Well, there you go. Those things are dangerous. Uh, but uh, some of the people that he worked with, um, so uh, the Hill Star Montag, uh, Vince Neal of Motley Crue, Gene Simmons of Kiss, uh, Adrienne Curry, no relation, Lorenzo Lamas. And uh, everyone's just devastated, and there will be a vigil, a vigil for uh, Dr. Ryan. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was a clearly... A vigil? A vigil, a candlelight vigil. So clearly it was a... Uh, a case of Twitter texting while driving. Death Seems by complicated. Death by texting. Yeah. <laughs> well. So that's how MTV I mean, News. Uh, you know, a simple SMS. Uh, you know, I am on the phone is rough enough. Yeah. But why would you do it on a windy road in Malibu? You got to have both hands on the wheel and be kind of freaked out. You, I've been on those roads. Yeah. Would you sound kind of like the PSA now, John? I mean, it just blew me away that you know the guy, someone's dead, and then MTV spins it into "Don't text while you drive, kids. This is really bad." Yeah. Well, MTV. All right. What else we got? I got tons of stuff. Maybe you want to thank some uh, some people. Yeah, let's thank them for uh, uh, contributing, and also want to mention to people they should be uh, involved with this show because it's uh, listener-supported. And we do have a clip, actually, um, which I... Did I upload this clip to you, which is the Dr. Laura clip? Oh, it's funny you mentioned that because I was going to say that that is... Uh, you may not have, but we can talk about it anyway because... Jeez, I, I, yeah, you don't have the clip. Can you send uh, it to me? Because it will be well worth it if uh, if we play it. But... Uh, why don't you tell everyone what's going, what's on your mind? Because I kind of have it figured out. Well, Doctor Laura comes on the Larry King show and moans and groans about her being, you know, essentially she says that commercial radio is is no good <laughs> because you can't do anything off the, you know, there's a very narrow path you have to walk, and if you don't walk it, there's these uh, pressure groups. And in the case of Doctor Laura, it's kind of interesting. You may have a list of them here. Uh, it's like you know. Pressure groups, including Media Matters, a, a Gay and Lesbian Alliance, all these people, because she uses the N-word. Uh, I don't know what the Media Matters or the Gay and Lesbian Alliance. Let me read this. Um, 
Dr. Schlesinger, this is in the New York Times, uh, took a different tack, blah, blah, blah. She apologized on her blog in the air for the next, the next day. Still a day after her apologies, the liberal watchdog group Media Matters for America posted audio of her original comments, you know, and called for advertisers to boycott the program. Voila. The movement gained traction as General Motors, OnStar, and Motel 6, uh, both, uh, you they know. They pulled, right? They pulled. Yeah, they pulled, uh, which, they, which they should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, pulled their sponsorships because of what? Is this she the Ministry of Truth? They have to. I guess you can't say anything bad about General Motors. That's for sure. Uh, like, hey, your cars are junk. You know, if we had General Motors as a sponsor, we could. You know, and you oh, bought. Say you dude. bought a General Motors car and the thing, the wheel fell off. We couldn't talk about it. You couldn't talk about it. Anyway, Motel 6 and General Motors OnStar specifically uh, withdrew, according to Corrine Baldassano, Senior Vice President of Dr. Schlesinger's production company. Ari Rabin-Havitt, A-V-T, I don't know how you spell that, how you pronounce that. Vice President at Media Matters, which, is, by the way, is a kind of a Clinton uh, liberal um, phony baloney uh, media watchdog, said this incident, quote, should serve as a lesson to radio hosts. Oh, you listen up, you. That their words matter. Shut up, sleeve. They can and should be held accountable for what they say on the airwaves. Thou shalt repent. Mr. Rabin Havitt said. He's the Media Matters VP. So these guys are, you All know, these guys it. aren't watchdogs. They're, no. they're gatekeepers. They're creepy gatekeepers. They're, oh, wait, 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 is there a douchebag involved here? Oh, boy. It's funny you mentioned that. Douchebag. Dr. So Laura, Dr. Laura says, quote, my First Amendment rights have been usurped by angry, hateful groups who don't want to debate. They want to eliminate. Thou shalt not debate. Thou shalt eliminate. I've decided it was time to move on to other venues where I could say my piece and not have to live in fear anymore. Well, I think that sounds a lot like NoAgendaStream.com. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in fact, people have actually That's sent me email. Doing. People actually sent me email. Hey, is Dr. Laura coming uh, to your stream? <laughs> it's going to be very interesting to see if she can if she can do it uh, and if she can pull it off and how she will do it. Well, she's worth so much money now that I don't think she needs to do that much work. But she's still doing books. She does have a podcast. I mean, she does stream her previous show. I think she'll probably back off a little bit and probably do less work. But uh, well, she, which will be she a, said she was leaving at the end of this year. Yeah. Well, she could be hounded back. Hmm. You know, they could all apologize and, and beg her to come back for more money. Well, of course, she, she can't quit because she's under contract. That's uh, that's why she's, well, I'll do it at the end of the year. She can't because then she'll get sued for breach of contract. Right. Uh, but I bet you her program's going to be pretty tame for the next couple months. Why? Because it's, you can't do that. You can't, if you are sponsored by corporate money and advertisers, you just, you can't go on and every word she says will be watched from now on. It's been watched from for the last decade, ever since she came out against... Yeah, but she, when General Motors pulls out, that's when station managers start to take note. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's exactly well, she why... she lose some stations in the process. That's exactly why we decided not to uh, take commercial money or run advertisements on this program. And I am delighted we made that decision. Yeah, well, I mean, it's because you don't have to. You don't have to keep. You don't have to stop the show. The other thing, by the way, is it gives the the listeners another twenty or thirty minutes, uh, because most of the uh, per t- hour today's today's radio is uh, 
two minutes of program and one minute of commercials, and that's just the, the, the model. In some cases, it's worse. But the fact of the matter is, who needs to be who have their time wasted, even though I would assume some people would think that, that us begging for money is time-wasting, too. Oops. Did I lose you? John? 100 bucks and David Dole. Hold on, hold on a second, John. Hold on what? a second. Yeah, I, I lost you there. Come on back and get into the list. Yeah, let's go back. We got David Fannin, Dublin, California, $100. David Dolson, curiously another David. Uh, Houston, Texas, sixty-six, sixty-six. no commentary. Paul Couture, uh, uh, double nickels on the dime. He uh, bought himself a, a Minuteman uh, double nickels on the dime since uh, for his birthday. He's, yeah. It's his birthday. Uh, it was uh, two days ago, but we'll uh, we'll celebrate that in a moment. And uh, we have some knighthood layaways. Ricky Pearson, Laurie Corpy, who's still on the later. program. Uh, Troy Rudder, uh, Ames, Iowa, $50. Also uh, a regular uh, supporter of the show. Thank you, Troy. Yeah, coming. And, uh, and then finally, Brian Denny, who uh, wants us to mention no agenda. Reddit.com. Dot com, which is a Reddit thing. Do you do use Reddit? He says you can also go to reddit.com slash, is it T or R, slash in the morning. R. R. I think uh, no agenda reddit.com is easy. I've never really used Reddit. Have you ever used it? No, I haven't. I, that's what I was asking you. I would also mention, he says, to, for my free open source Android tipping calculator, tippy Tippy Tipper, <laughs> and like to de-douche my brother Scott and co-worker Dale because they bought me. You've been de-douched. Sorry. They bought the No Agenda Challenge coins despite having not donated before, so they're de-douched. We also have a, uh, a uh, note from Brian Boatwright. Uh, he wanted to call out his friend. This happened. To, we missed this on the last show. Call out his friend Jeff Thompson for being a douchebag. Douchebag. And not buying a no agenda coin. Hopefully this public shaming will change his mind. The coins are sold out, by the way. So yeah, um, and, and I'd love to see another program come on board because the minute all 12 of the Order of the Mint Knights have been knighted and are comfortably seated at the, uh, at the round table... Uh, donations will be way off. <laughs> let's let's be honest. <laughs> then, then, it's, then we're going to be like crying again. Right now we're kind of happy go lucky. Well, you know, like, the, the big thing's coming up. We have to come up with a program, and we're going to ask people for some help here. You can email us. You can get our emails. You know, very easy to come by. Adam at Mevio dot com and John at Dvorak dot org. Uh, and you also go to Dvorak dot org slash na to to donate. But we look for some suggestions because we have a unbelievable date coming up, which is uh. Unprecedented in our entire lifetimes, we'll never experience a ten 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 date again, which is uh, October tenth, twenty ten. And ten ten day is historically a Chinese lucky day, and in fact, they have a, a Chinese New Year's like party in San Francisco's Chinatown on ten ten day. It's a huge deal amongst the Chinese, and so there's obviously some some magic to it. And so we've got ten 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 coming up. So we need some ideas as to what. You know, we can do that. That that would blow it out. That would just like, really blow it out. It would be so awesome. I got bills to pay. Man. <laughs> it would be great if we could just blow it out. Just just take bills. care of me until tax day. 
So anyway, so that's uh, our uh, weekly pitch. Uh, Dvorak.org slash com and channeldvorak.com slash NA. Uh, please help us out this week. We are uh, not the government's mouthpieces and or anybody else's for that matter, that, at least that, that we know of. And if we are, we usually get caught and it doesn't last long. Let's see. A birthday shout out to Rebecca Timol of Markham, Ontario, Canada. She turned 33 on the 12th of August, and we apparently uh, missed her birthday during a donation segment. So, uh, happy birthday, uh, Rebecca. And of course, Sir Paul Couture, uh, super patron, Order of the Mint. I actually spoke to him on his birthday. That's what we do here when we have people who support the show. We'll call you up, uh, we'll bring you birthday cake, we'll do all kinds of stuff, particularly with the help that he's given us with the No Agenda Choice. Coin, uh, coin challenge. Uh, Sir Paul, happy birthday. Thank you so much. It's your birthday, yeah. And now we have one knighthood. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Here we go. Uh, Here. Let me get it out. Oh. <laughs> this is the wrong one. Oh, this wait a minute. You, you need, you need to, oh, that's the one you need. There's yeah, the beautiful. All right, we would like Michael Garcia to step forward, please. Michael, you uh, were... One of the recipients, or are one of the recipients, of a No Agenda Challenge coin, which you purchased for $33.33, and you have been chosen, my friend, to represent the round table as one of the knights in the Order of the Mint. Michael Garcia, we hereby knight thee, Sir Michael Garcia, knight of the No Agenda Round Table. Please join us here with other knights and dames. Protect your country. Be free. And enjoy our hookers and blow. Is that music different? Yeah. Yeah, oh. someone sent it it's in. A little I, more I, dramatic. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. It was kind of nice. Yeah, uh, a little segment I want to do at the end of, uh, of our donations uh, each week because uh, we have been known to uh, bum people out, <laughs> which I think is part of what the show is. Um, but I got this uh, from an anonymous producer. In fact, he says, please do not give anybody my name. Dear Adam. I am extremely high and paranoid at the moment, and I am listening to the latest No Agenda. I cannot really tell if the food I'm eating is going down my throat, and if so, I hope to God it really is food. Sincerely. <laughs> well, the likelihood is zero. <laughs> so, as long as you can still hear the sound of my voice, you're okay, my friend. It's okay. It's going to be all right. Have a sugar cube. It'll, it'll all go away. We have to calm these people down from time to time, John. It's, 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 hey, you're the one that bums them out. Well, yeah. yeah, it's really getting bad. Okay, um, some research has been done on uh, the Gitmo Nation jewelry, which uh, it's always nice when it's just uh, corroborated. I would like you to go to jailovercrowding.com, John. This is the website that Scram has put together. Scram, of course, are the people who gave Lindsay Lohan her beautiful anklet, uh, ankle bracelet. And uh, right here on the homepage, are alcohol offenders overcrowding your jails and prisons? And then you can select your state. Well, let me go to California. Should be a lot of numbers there. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, no vacancy, it says on the prison. <laughs> no vacancy. So as predicted... Uh, corporations like Scram and Buy, even though they're supposed to be B.I., uh, the Buy Corporation, uh, the whole idea here is to make your home your personal jail. Yeah. Here, bursting at the seams. The United States imprisons 
significantly more people than any other nation in the world. In fact, they're even proud of this. In fact, the Pew Center on the States reported in 2008 that an astounding one in every 100 adults in the U.S. now lives behind bars! Exclamation point. How is that? You know, this is so humiliating that the fact that the public isn't outraged by this. We not only have the most prisoners, but we have the most prisoners per capita. And it's supposed to increase in California by 13% this year. Yeah. 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 Because we've been trying to incarcerate our way out of crime for so long, federal and state prisons and county jails are experiencing near crisis levels of overcrowding. At the same time, operating budgets have been severely cut. That's our profit, by the way. As funding to build new facilities and over the next two years, researchers predict the situation will get even worse. We must enslave you, slave in your own home. So the thing is, they got the thing at the top, which is kind of noteworthy, which is the total number of prisoners in California, 174,282. But the total cost per day, California, a state that is bankrupt and should declare bankruptcy on a daily basis in California, it's costing $11,352,729 a day, $11 million a day. They should be donating that to the show. And this, of course, is for people who uh, also have you know smoked three joints. Oh yeah, I mean it's and and yeah, or pick up a hooker. <laughs> Oops. Um. So anyway, the problems. Uh, so you know, they want to fix this. Our fine friends at Scram and the Buy Company uh, by identifying offenders with alcohol misuse issues, screening, assessment, evaluation tools and programs. Sanctioning alcohol offenders for criminal activity, providing them with the treatment they need, and monitoring them to ensure rehabilitation. We need to monitor them. That's right. We'll just monitor you. Don't worry. You'll be a slave in your own home. And uh, so, yes, you're right. People should be outraged by this, John, but they're not. No. They're they're not. In fact, in fact. $11 million a day. uh, Forget the money. Well, how about the whole slavery aspect of being kept a prisoner in your own home? But they're not because it's actually good because this technology, John, the same people who bring you all like the drive by the by drive by from B.I. Incorporated and the scram bracelet. They're protecting your children, John. These are good people. And the proof, once again, is in San Francisco. Just tonight, a new high-tech way to keep track of students is being used right here in the Bay Area. Now, the technology is expected to lessen the teacher's responsibility and hopefully increase students' learning. KTV's Ken Pritchett is live now in Richmond with more on how this system works. Ken? Well, the children wear this tracking device on their clothing, and it will alert if a child leaves campus. But the county says one major benefit of this technology is for teachers because it will allow them more time to teach. It is nap time at George Miller Children's School, a brief moment in the day when children can relax, a rare luxury for teachers such as Simone Buford. Checking papers all day long. Checking papers, checking papers, checking papers. When is she's checking, uh, what papers is she checking? Is this grades or is this uh, Ausweis papers? Oh, she's checking papers. She's checking papers, checking papers. But this is really great. All day long. All she's day long. Papers. I'm checking papers, checking papers. I need to, it's amazing. You have to see this video how this school is hooked up. Child arrives a teacher must write it down every time a child eats you yeah. see the checking papers they're writing down the document and checking papers see if the child every time is a there child eats, every, you every, gotta write it down the child eats what kind of a school is this eight the child eight teacher must write it down 
But embedded in what looks like a tiny basketball jersey is technology that may change that. So now, um, when, we free, when we free the children lunch, we just have to push a button, and it's done, so we don't have to... If you free the children lunch, just press a button! John, it's wonderful! We just press a button, and we can feed the... You know, next what will happen is, not only will you just press the button, but then the food will actually be shoved into their face. Like, <laughs> you're fed, child fed, next child. Uh, I, 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 this is an alert to the no agenda movie guys and the entertainment guys. The movie would be uh, Charlie Chaplin's Modern Times. Modern Times, yes, indeed. Modern Times. All right, let the, I got to continue this report. It's just too good. The maker of this technology also uh, speaks in a moment. When we free the children lunch, we just have to push a button. Yeah. And it's done, so we don't have to check the paper, check the paper, check, check the, the paper, pa- check the paper, check. Don't check the paper, check the paper, check the paper, check the paper. John, did you check the paper? John, did you check the paper? No, I didn't check the paper. Inside yeah. the jersey is a radio frequency tag that also uses Wi-Fi, which is monitored by sensors planted inside the school. Yay. Each dot on this map represents a child or teacher. Parents digitally sign. This is beautiful. You actually see these dots roaming around on the screen. <laughs> it's like some old. It's, it's like Pac-Man game. It's like Pac-Man. Waka 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 waka. Feed the children. Check the paper. Check the paper. It's great. You see all the little and the and, you know the the teachers are different dots because the teachers. They see this is what they don't get. They're also tracked. They've also got to check the paper thing. In and out, a child seen on this screen, saving teachers from hand filing attendance records required by the state. Within a year, we could have completely pay off all this system with uh, saving. This is uh, probably Vivek Kundra's uh, cousin. How is uh, there a payout in any way, shape, or form? What do you mean? He says, oh, by the end of the year, we have a complete payout for the system. This is the kind of bull For him? No, it's for him because the state is paying for this. He'll, ha- he'll have a payout. They say that at the end. He says that the, the, the report says that the state is paying for it. The complete, complete payout will be for him. Well, let's listen to what he says. Vivek Kundra's brother. I don't know that for sure, but he could be. Really pay off all this system with, uh, saving, I mean, from the saving that we have from the uh, uh, staffing. So, what did he say? He says we get a complete payout from the savings we get from the less staffing. So somebody's going to get fired. <laughs> That's right. The check the paper. That check the paper woman is getting fired. That's she what's should be out of there. <laughs> the saving that we have from the uh, uh, staffing. Sung Kim with the county's Employment and Human Services Department says 3,000 man hours could eventually be saved with this $50,000 system. You're right. Someone's getting fired. That's exactly right, John. So they start off by saying, oh, teachers can spend more time with the kids, but really, you're getting fired. Check the paper, lady. That's what's happening. Which was paid for by a federal grant. We are the first child care center that implementing with this technology, but it's already proven technology. In the Why end, the tracking... Guys ta- sound like out-and-out morons. No, he's a foreigner. Uh, Why are foreigners then coming over here to 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 tag, to tag with, our children? <laughs> tag our children. What's wrong with us? This is what I'm trying to say. Please stop the Gitmo jewelry. You know, maybe I just had a business idea. Maybe we should just start making fake scram bracelets and ID and you know, and RFID bracelets. We could turn this into a fashion trend before it hits, because you know Lindsay's going to be in vogue. With a scram bracelet. This yeah. is going to be a huge fashion thing, and maybe we can just start making them. This is uh, for maybe uh, noagendastuff.com or somewhere we should be able to make well, a Gitmo Nation bracelet, which is a nice statement. 
I'm thinking of a big bracelet, a big metal-looking uh, Gitmo Nation bracelet that has a bunch of LEDs on it. But instead <laughs> of the LEDs that are just on and off, it should be one of those LEDs that actually spells things like, right. <laughs> fuck you, or something like that. So, you know check, I mean? check the papers, check the papers, check the papers. No, it should say, in the morning, hit you in the mouth and stuff like that. It's programmable. It should be programmable. Right. It should be programmable like we can do the pocket no agenda thing. So we can change the message. Ooh, that would be that, that would be, that would, be cool. that would that would be mint, wouldn't it? And oh, by the way, once you put the it on, we can control it. Once you put it on, it doesn't come off. Unfortunately, <laughs> we weld it shut, just like the mini sub guys. So let's finish up this report. In the end, the tracking tags are a security feature and something akin to an inventory system that frees. That's my favorite. <laughs> Your children are inventory. That's what wow. they are. It's an inventory. What a system. bunch of cold-blooded bro- a-holes. Your children are now inventory. Inventory system that frees teachers for more important things. Yeah. Spend more time like, with the children. I spend with the more ch- time with the children. I spend more time with the children. Checking papers. <laughs> an inventory system. I beg you. Please, I beg you. To hell. Is it out of control or what? That's totally out of control. And the fact that people aren't screaming their heads off in that school district, it shows you there, something's wrong with those people. Well, I think we definitely screamed our heads off about this. And we'll keep on, keep on going. A note about the, uh, about the BI Corporation. They actually started as uh, an agriculture company. Yeah. Yeah, you got no a kidding. From it. Yeah, no. And they somebody uh, sent us a note telling us the background, and they also mentioned the fact that I think the apparently these bracelets are hackable. Really? He he hinted. Oh, he hinted at hackable. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did hint at it. There is a way. Let me see. I have the note here. I'm not going to say any more about it, but he says, and yes, there are ways to fake the system, but you need to know more than what I'm divulging to you guys. We used to have fun with some of the units at the office. <laughs> can just see him laughing away needless to say i'm not eligible for the lilo scram fashion accessory he does in other words he's afraid to tell us uh how you can circumvent the system yeah well that you know if these things get too popular that 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 will have that will be in the public domain overnight i sure hope so Uh, yeah these guys should be hacked uh and uh, the system should be defeated immediately but get ahead of the game kids and uh let's uh, make our own uh Gitmo Nation jewelry, and let's come up with some uh, cool bracelets. Um, that, I mean, and there's plenty of pictures. Plenty of pictures to, so you know what it looks like. And, uh, and we should uh, get in on the fashion before it actually hits. The Black Hat and the DEF CON conference guys who uh, every year uh, you know, show different kinds of hacks should, could, should take this on immediately. I These things are ridiculous. Lady Gaga will be wearing one next. Watch. I have to turn the air on, John. Uh, M- Mickey left for the gym, and uh, it's like a thousand degrees. I have to turn the air conditioner on. Can you give me just a second? Well, while you're doing that, why don't you drop a clip, which is the one we're going to listen to is uh, a Democracy Now! on Haiti. Ooh, but I don't want to miss the clip. Oh, you can't hear it from the, from the button? Well, yeah, not when I'm walking over to turn the air on. All right, well, go on. Go walking away. No, I'll, I'll play it. No, it's okay. I got something to read. Okay, read. Uh, apparently, there was a blog post that's kind of interesting on the Rachel Ray blog uh, done by Josh, Josh Ozersky. I'm writing an article for Time Magazine on raw milk, out of my depth for sure, but I like it. 
I can't just keep going on the same narrow round of uh, uneuronic Wonder Bread appreciation, can I? Blah, he goes on and on and on. He uh, had tried some raw milk, but it wasn't even very good raw milk, apparently. By the way, I'm a big raw milk promoter. I'm back. Because we have a great dairy in Washington State that uh, is the first raw milk dairy in the state. But the, he made some interesting uh, comment here about, uh, about the FDA and raw milk. Okay. He says... The FDA, let's see if I find it. The FDA tells us it's an absolute necessity to keep dangerous anemone molecules out of our bodies, which are in raw milk. They don't leave much doubt as to where they stand on the subject of raw milk. Raw milk, they say, quote, is inherently dangerous and should not be consumed by anyone at any time for any purpose. It's dangerous, I tell you. So why are they saying this when uh, the, all the proof is in that it's not? Um, well, well it, it, uh, you know, maybe, you this tell is, me. maybe this is a whole chicken, eggs, and milk thing. Maybe they don't want us to have pancakes. <laughs> okay, so let's play the... Anyway, that's just a commentary well, that's before, out, before of, we get, out of the blue. But. Before we get to Haiti, then, could I just jump into the food thing for a moment? Kind of sure. about the, the raw milk. Was a, the Royal Society... Uh, and we've we've heard we have, I think we've played a clip from one of these women from the Royal Society who are just these incredibly arrogant elitist pricks in the United Kingdom. Uh, but the Royal Society is kind of like uh, what do you call our um, uh, our science? Is it the Science Institute or the Institutes? What do National we call Academy it? of Sciences? National Academy of Sciences. Right. So I, I think that's kind of com- comparable. Only this, of course, is royal. Uh, ergo, I would presume, sanctioned by Her Majesty the Queen. Oh, yes. They have published uh, a set of 21 papers as uh, scientists... The science is in! ...from many disciplines and countries say little more land is available for food production, but add that the challenge of increasing global food supplies by as much as 70% in the next 40 years is not insurmountable... By 2050, we must be eating meat grown in vats. <laughs> yeah. In order, yeah, to, feed, in order to feed the 9 billion people expected to be alive by the middle of the century. Vat <laughs> <That> meat. <laughs> vat from a vat. Vegan vatness. Ooh, this is really good vat meat. So of Where course, did you get it? So, of course, I want to read the science because it's clearly in. So I go over to the Royal Society website. And uh, and it is. It's twenty one papers, so it's going to take me uh, uh, through the weekend to really read it and see what it is. But what cracked me up is on the Royal Society website, royalsociety.org, dot um, org, where they have the headline: Seven Days in Science, seventeenth of August two thousand ten. Royal Society published a report on food security and this week's philosophical transactions. Each of the twenty one papers from the report: Food security feeding the world in twenty fifty is available online. And then it says. Visit guardian.co.uk for a write-up of the story. Which, it, and, and, if you, and, and that's where they get the whole, from these 21 papers, they pulled this one thing, we'll have to grow meat in vats. But the Royal Society is colluding with the, with the, the Guardian. Paper, with the, the Guardian. Yes, they're colluding with them, and they're saying, uh, don't read the 21 papers. And you have to like you have to go to another page to actually find the link to these twenty one papers. Don't read that. Visit guardian.co.uk for a write up of the story. And I was like, wow, that's pretty amazing. This, this yeah, is- you know, there's the media government complex. Thank you. All right, Haiti. 
So we're back on Haiti. So I, you know, I, as everyone knows, I, every, I rotate my viewing habits now because of the, you know, try to go from one thing to another. So we have a little balance in the show. So now I'm listening to the, and this was actually a pretty good Democracy Now! show because there's three items I got from it that are all hilarious. The first <laughs> one, of course, is the, is the Haiti report with, you know, and, the, and Democracy Now! and that Amy Goodman person, they never ask a simple question like, you know, they never, they never go into anything. They just, you know, give kind of left leaning clips and then they go on to the next topic and it's, it's kind of is ridiculous but this one cracked me up and you'll you'll be amused yourself Haiti's interim reconstruction commission has approved over 1.6 billion dollars in new projects for the country's rebuilding following the January 12th earthquake the commission's co-chair former president and the current UN special envoy to Haiti Bill Clinton said the project's approval should encourage international donors to fulfill their unmet pledges Almost every one of you in the press has done at least one story about how a lot of money was committed at the donors' conference, but not much money has been given. And you have reported that many of the donors say, well, they weren't specific enough about what they were going to do with the money. We have cured that problem today. Nobody can use that as an excuse. Jeez Louise. <laughs> this guy never gives up. It's unbelievable. Here's the report I did, Bill, former President Clinton. You have not yet released your 2009 financial statement. Would you please put that on your website? Would you please let us know how much money you collected? By the way, convenient that they turned the earthquake machine on January 12th, which means he won't have to report that money that he and George Bush, George W. Bush took until 2011, which they probably won't release until 2012. By then, we could all be dead or eating meat out of vats. It's, it drives me nuts. These elitist pricks. He took the money. He took the money. Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. Just send us your cash. So, uh, bastard. So now we have. So then, further on in the in the day, uh, the we democracy now. <laughs> but wait, there's more. There's a Haiti factoid that I was unaware of, and I was scratching my head afterwards. Here we go. In other Haiti news, the French government has rejected a petition from a group of leading activists and academics calling for the repayment of an independence debt imposed after Haiti successfully won independence in 1804. Haiti was forced to pay France around 90 million gold francs up until World War II, which after interest and inflation is valued today at around $40 billion. On Tuesday, French officials dismissed calls to to repay Haiti, but refused to comment on whether the debt was legitimate. That that news is three months old. I never heard that story. Yeah, oh no, the, the French came out, maybe it's even older than that, and they said, well, oh. Then why are they playing it like yesterday? Well, in other Haiti news, <laughs> it's like they had a Haiti story, they go through the database, they probably Googled Haiti and saw a story and forgot to check well, the date. That's pathetic, if true. Okay. Let me, let me just check, make sure I'm not full of it, but I know this story is old. Let me see. Haiti... Debt repayment. I swear to God, this is months old. Here, May 29th, 2010. Um, May 29th is what so I So wait a minute, you me that democracy now is dredging up old stories because January they have an 30, Here, January 31st, they even, that's when they first tar- started talking about it. But May 28th, apparently, is when France said, we're not going to, we're going to cancel the debt. And the IMF also well, canceled their debt. There's nothing to cancel. There's no debt to cancel. They got paid. No, no, no. It's all the gold coins. It's the gold they had to pay back. 
for for their 1803 independence. No, but but France, like big gesture, big guys. They're like, hey, ah, sacre bleu. Yeah, let them have, uh, let them eat. Hot pockets. And keep your gold. All right, anyway. Yeah, no, this is a May 28th story. Uh, That's not the way I'm understanding the story. My understanding was they paid France a bunch of money. Now they want $40 billion back from France. No. That's the way she presents it. I don't think so. We'll play it again. I, I shall. In other Haiti news. To the petition from a group of leading activists and academics calling for the repayment of an independence debt imposed after Haiti successfully won independence in 18- Well, that's really weird. Because I have stories here that say that France said, oh, you don't have to pay that money. The independence uh, payment. Maybe this. Maybe there's two going on. Maybe there's. Maybe there was uh, like a, like. A huge amount. I have to look it up. I'm going to look this up because this okay, is an old researchers story. out there help us out on this. We'll figure it out. Yeah, this is okay. An old so story. I want to just do the other one. This one here is. Tell me you heard this story, which is the last democracy now clip on Colombia. I am unaware of this situation. I think I would have heard about it, and now I'm wondering why we're doing this in the first place. This is a screwball story. Colombia's constitutional court has suspended a deal giving the U.S. military access to at least seven Colombian bases. On Tuesday, the court ruled the deal is unconstitutional and ordered the Colombian government to submit it to lawmakers for approval. In addition to opening the bases to the U.S. military, Colombia also agreed to allowing up to 800 U.S. troops and 600 military contractors and granting them diplomatic immunity. The deal has come under wide criticism in Latin America from countries including Brazil, Bolivia, Ecuador, and Venezuela, as well as from several human rights groups. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, we should be there. That's probably <laughs> under the war against drugs or something. We made some kind of deal. No, I think the drug thing is over. I think it has something to do with Venezuela. Uh, and that maniac uh, Hugo, we've been duh. trying to kill him for years. <laughs> duh. I mean, he's, he's cited in the book uh, uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman because he was apparently targeted. They tried to kill him when he was, you know, during his first iteration as a, as a ruler there. And he, he got away somehow, got paranoid, freaked out, decided to, be, you know, become a communist because he didn't want to get help from anyone he could because he felt the USA was trying to kill him, which they probably were. And now I think we're going to go back and try, <laughs> go back and try to kill him again. <laughs> right from the base. And what I really like about this is they're going to send all these soldiers in and they're going to give them all diplomatic immunity. So if they kill him or kill anybody, that's tough. So they can actually park in front of the presidential palace without getting a ticket when they go in and off him. That's what those CD plates give you, man. Free parking everywhere. Yeah, that's great. Demar- and, and, this is not reported by anybody. No, but the, but the, but the way democracy now just throws it away is kind of funny. Oh no, it's terrible. They just throw everything away with no analysis. They you know they like they get it from the you know the communist news network and then they run, run the story out there and then they don't say anything. There's no why are we doing this a- aspect to their coverage? It's terrible. The communist news network. <laughs> so um, I got an out there clip for you that I think you'll like. Uh, couple there are other channels uh besides c-span which we watch so you don't have to of course um and uh there are other shows besides the joy behar show but probably the most interesting channel although i usually i just can't watch it because it's it's just so propagandized because if you really want to spread some propaganda then you change history 
Isn't that the easiest way, John? Just change history and make everyone oh, yeah, believe it. Oh, yeah, just change it. Just change it. So, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, it did. I was there. No, yeah. no, it didn't happen. Right. So that's the History Channel. And, <laughs> and uh, for once, I agree with them. This will take about a minute and a half, and then I'll cut it off. According to ancient astronaut theorists, the UFO-shaped objects found in medieval paintings aren't the only evidence of an alien presence during the era. No, wait, wait, wait. It's not about... By the way, it's from the show Evidence of Ancient Aliens. Uh, but listen to, listen to what the aliens did to us. In his book, it's true. It's on the History Channel, dude. It's the truth, so be quiet. Book, the Gods of Eden. Author William Bramley cites private journals and other publications throughout Europe, which contain accounts of cigar-shaped flying objects emitting noxious mists. Ah! The first reports of this kind <laughs> began during the mid-14th century closely corresponding to the outbreak of the worst health epidemic in human history. There you go. There you go. Finally, proof. Chemtrails. The aliens are spraying it. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I, I do have a, uh, a very good article, which I'm sure you didn't read, read, John, although I know it was sent to you. You're going like, oh, brother, called uh, Atmospheric Geoengineering. And I uh, recommend everyone have a look at that. It's under contrails in the show notes. No, I put it under contrails. And what I like about the article, which is why I think you should read it, John, is they don't speak about chemtrails. They speak about persistent contrails, which I thought was a very good take on, uh, on the issue. And uh, people can, I, I know that you, do you have a filter now? If someone sends you an email that says chemtrail, does it just yeah, go it, to the, uh, It gets put in the bozo file. <laughs> it goes straight into the bit bucket. It's all straight right. In. It's all right. They do a lot of that persistent contrailing over San Francisco. So you'll be one of the first uh-huh. to go. Yeah, huh? Yeah, you'll be one of the first I to go. I won't be checking the boxes. I'll be pushing the button. <laughs> paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. It's too much paperwork. Uh, but anyway, it's, it, it actually is a... Uh, it is a very uh, interesting read. And along those lines, and I'm pretty sure you received this as well, uh, this goes right along with my theory about Ted Stevens. Russian scholar warns of secret U.S. climate change weapon. As Moscovites suffer record high temperatures this summer, summer a Russian political scientist has claimed that the United States may be using climate change weapons to alter the temperatures and crop yields of Russia and other Central Asian countries. This is exactly what I said uh, about a week ago. You and Russian crackpots are right in the same boat on this one. Yeah, but I was was saying it before this article came out, and and wheat futures have skyrocketed. And and we'll be eating meat from vats. And the vats meat, we're going to have to be stuck with that. But the point, you got the thing that's really dangerous here about this, what's going on with the wheat fields, is also the barley fields are going out of. Uh, oh, there goes our beer. Foot. That's your beer. That's our beer. Now it's beer time to is panic. Already skyrocketing in price. And Seriously? by the way, I have a beer tip for people because they always want us to, you know, tip. Oh, give us a tip. Tip. So, and I got a beer tip for people. It got a very low rating. I talked this over with my son about because he's a kind of a beer connoisseur. And he really can't understand why it got a low rating by the beer, what he calls the beer, uh, I forgot what it, but there's a term for it, beer geek. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, you should check this beer out. The problem is I think it's got to be extremely fresh, but it's a beer called, called Hummer. 
And it's actually Anchor Steam's beer that was made, I think, in 1972, 1983, something when they first moved to the new facility. They had this one beer formula, and this is it. It's absolutely delicious. It's amazing how you get me off of the uh, off of these amazing uh, amazing topics. Amazing topics. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the article that this uh, what do they call him Russian scholar. Uh, he also references the X thirty seven B spacecraft, the one we know nothing about, that was uh, shot up from Vandenberg Air Base, uh, an orbital test vehicle that the Pentagon launched uh, back in April. And uh, 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 Arashev, this uh, Russian scholar, uh, believes that the X-37B perhaps carries weaponry that could be a key component in the Pentagon's climate change arsenal. The Pentagon declined to comment, of course. Of course. I went to um, Stonehouse Restaurant. Stonehouse. Stonehouse Restaurant in... uh, uh, in there in Santa Barbara, since you were on uh, on beer and food for a second, this is a, a five star restaurant. This is the restaurant to go to in Santa Barbara. Stonehouse. You never heard of it? No. Oh, oh, this is this is like I the, try to avoid Santa Barbara. Yeah, I know, but I just wanted to say, um, company that we were with, fantastic. Um, I love the cucumber mojito, but uh, the chef went a little overboard on he had salmon he had like a million different things around this piece of uh, salmon and it was just too much it was overkill you know how that sometimes you can just get too many things it's a mushroom thing and a pancake thing and then some salad stuff and it was just it was too much it was too much going on on the plate it was tasty but it kind of ruined the uh, this is one of the themes that uh that uh gordon ramsay has as a recurring theme, which is that these guys, they get carried away. It takes a real skill to be able to pull off uh, over loading up the, the plate with all kinds of weird crap because you can. And uh, I would, uh, yeah, I like my food to be a simpler. I, and I also think the days of really overly complex food are, are over. And, and, I hate, and I hate saying this because I'm sure that our hosts for the evening are probably listening to the show, and, you know, and I, I really enjoyed it. But you know, just as a reviewer, as something that, that you and I do from time to time, it was over and was way expensive. I mean, out, outrageously expensive. Of course, I didn't pick up the tab, which was good. Well, um, it doesn't have the full five stars on Yelp. It's got four and a half, which is high. Yeah. And uh, well, I mean, the, well, the ambiance is beautiful. It's in the mountainside. You know, it's it's got wood burning fireplaces everywhere. It's got you know well, amazing sure art. Oh yeah, it's a gorgeous place. But I was just like, well, you know, too much. The guy just did too much. He just put too much into it. Um, however, the uh, butternut squash uh, soup was excellent. We only have eighteen reviews. This place must be fairly new, but it's not because here's a review no, from no, two thousand eight. No. no, it's not new. It's just way expensive. That's why Yelpers don't visit it. It's like they can't afford it. Well, this one gal gave it three stars. Stephen K in Pasadena says the restaurant is at the shockingly expensive San Isidro Ranch. The restaurant has a beautiful balcony. Try to get seated there if you can. Like the hotel, the restaurant is very expensive, perhaps too much so for the price. Yeah. But the food is top notch. Nah. The menu is hot, hot surf and turf. Yeah, which is kind of so. Here's another uh, story that pops up in two places uh, in the world: in Gitmo Nation Lowlands, Amsterdam, Mokum, as we say to be specific, and San Francisco. Exactly the same story uh, with a small variation. 
Bad news for those of you planning on renting an apartment for your next trip to San Francisco. It's illegal. What? This, the city's long-forgotten ordinance against residents renting out their apartments to tourists has started to become reinforced. The 1981 ordinance prohibits landlords from renting out to a tenant for a period of less than 30 days. And the reason why this is happening, of course, is because there's not enough rental space for the slaves to wear their jewelry, their uh, Gitmo bracelets. In Amsterdam, the Netherlands, if you have a second home and it's in Amsterdam, you are now obliged, slave, you will obey, to make it available to the rental pool. Now, what's interesting about this is the rental pool, so people register to rent a home in Amsterdam, and there's a waiting list. It's always been years, but, you know, people do get on. Um, It's uh, rent-controlled. So the maximum amount of a social rental dwelling in Amsterdam that you will pay per month is 548 euros, which, of course, is a steal. Wow. Which is a steal. Let's go. <laughs> well, we'd have to be registered for about five. I think the waiting list is five years now. But if you have a pied-à-terre, you may, you may no longer just uh, uh, keep it for yourself. You have to put it on the rental list. It has to be made available. So if you have a 1,000-euro mortgage. This is bull crap. Yeah, no, well. What if I don't want to rent my place? The, <laughs> you will obey. It's, well, it's the same thing. What if you what if you uh, you want you want to rent out your your own property in San Francisco for uh, for for a couple for a week? You can't do it. Illegal. And this, of course, is because people uh, are sleeping in tents. There's nowhere to live anymore because well, the San Francisco thing. I can appreciate what they're doing because they got the new Intercontinental Hotel and a bunch of other places that can't be possibly. Now, who was you know the, the, the hotels are probably hurting a little bit and they're and, and they probably should be because San Francisco is a miserable place for tourism. <laughs> I, I bring this up a lot. <laughs> it's miserable in general. <laughs> it's a miserable place. Do not go there. Uh-huh. There's bums everywhere. It's uh, it's unbelievable. And they murder German tourists. If you're yeah. German, you're target. In, you know, in step, one step Square. out of the hotel, boom, shot by some punks. They can't even find anyone to indict. Fidel Castro uh, has made a statement, which a lot of people uh, have sent to me. Uh, he says he read uh, Estulin's book, The Secrets of the Bilderberg Club. And Castro says, it's great. This is a fantastic book. It's real. It's not a drinking club. They want to take over the world. <laughs> Good old Fidel. I yeah, love I'm that. Glad that you and him are in the same boat on that. Well, there's a there's a story now circulating, and I'm I haven't quite traced the origin of it, but it's uh, you've probably seen this. The top ten right wing conspiracy theories. So now, uh, if you have uh, a yeah. if you have they're a theory, good. Well, they're great. They're, they're, it's like why don't they Where's just the say, aliens? I thought they had aliens in there. Take Let, another look. Let's just take a look at the top ten for a second, and uh, see if we're uh, see if we're in here. Wow, this page is like you know, Safari on the Mac blows chunks. It they they upgraded it to five point one or something, and it yeah, and then it, it quits unexpectedly. It beach balls. It does all kinds of crazy crap, and I think I think on, that Steve Jobs made it suck on purpose to get everyone off of Flash or something. Anyway, number one, of course, uh, would be chemtrails, <laughs> right at the top of the list. But of course. But of course, or as we say, 
persistent contrails. Number two, martial law. Um, you know, oh, there'll be martial law any minute now. I, I, I subscribe to that. FEMA concentration camps at number three. Uh, there's certainly some evidence of that. Foreign troops on U.S. soil. Yeah, I've heard a lot about that. They're supposed to be in California, like Chinese troops and stuff. <clears throat> no real evidence. Door-to-door gun confiscations. Well, isn't that actually taking place in Chicago already? Um, amazingly, down to number six on the list. We should actually do this as a top ten list. 9-11 as a government plot. WTC7 won't go away. Amazing that that is only at number six as we come up on the 10th anniversary. Population control at number seven. Well, we know that the eugenics program is real. We know they say it. They say we need to kill people. Yeah. Then how is that a a conspiracy? It's just a fact. It's a fact. Number eight, another fact, harp, as they say, the deaths. And by the way, what's interesting in this article, uh, it's titled the right wing conspiracy theory. But then throughout the entire article, it talks about the patriot conspiracy, which is really weird. So if you're a patriot or you feel you're a patriot, then you're a conspiracy theorist. It's like they're putting patriotism with uh, bad, basically. Patriots yeah, bad. Yeah, that's the idea. Number nine, the Federal Reserve conspiracy. Oh, my. I mean, come on. It's like, they, that's a conspiracy? Read a book. And number 10, the North American <laughs> Union, which even you subscribe to, that we got to watch yeah, out for Yeah, I can show you the maps. Yeah, yeah. And the Amero. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but this is going around. But I find it interesting that they're calling it the right-wing conspiracy theories and then linking all of it to, uh, uh, to patriots, if you're a patriot. If you're a patriot, then you're a conspiracy theorist, which yeah. is, uh, by definition, an un-American yeah, thing to say. This is just some left-wing idea. Yeah, but it's out there. It's out yeah, there. Yeah, well, I'll give you another one that's out there. It's kind of interesting. Um, so this, I just sent you a link to this site. Secretive nature of homeland security on Washington's Olympic Peninsula. Recent history. The U.S. Border Patrol. What are they here for? What is the U.S. Border Patrol? For one thing, what are they doing up along the Canadian border? And what are they supposed to do? Tell me. Keep them damn Canadians out. Well, whatever it is, according to uh, all the reports, and I have a couple of them I printed out, U.S. Border Patrol, the Border Patrol, as part of Homeland Security, has responded to the following. A construction site theft, a coffee stand robbery, <laughs> an escaped drunk running through the woods, a trailer park domestic a domestic dispute. They're in doing the important Angeles work. Area. Important work, John. A bank robbery, an armed assault, uh, and, a, and a high-speed car chase. These are all with the help of the Border Patrol and Homeland Security. So why is Homeland Security involved with an escaped drunk running through the woods? They took the, their, their canine dog group and the Border Patrol's running up and down the woods trying to find some drunk. They don't have enough to do. This is a, besides being a waste of the taxpayers' money, I think this is not what they're supposed to be doing up there. Maybe I have an answer for you. Maybe this is what's going on. Um, a report... That 91% of the Canadian population, particularly teens aged 12 to 19, are toxic. And they're uh, intoxified with the industrial chemical biphenol A. Yeah, which is in the plastic bottles. That's the plastic, that's they're drinking the shit from the plastic bottles. And 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 this report says that 91% of uh, Canadian, the whole Canadian population, particularly teens aged 12 to 19, are toxic. So I think we need to keep him out. 
No, don't bring well, your. Kept, you know, here's the thing. How many this this person who did this website uh, says how many of these events are related to national security, homeland security, funding, or immigration concerns? How many immigration arrests in Port Angeles area are connected to the border with Canada? None. How many post 9/11 arrests in the Port Angeles area that are connected to the border with Canada? None. So what are they doing? They're running around. They're wasting the taxpayers' money. No wonder the country's broke. That could be a terrorist running through them woods, son. Naked and drunk. Okay, he's a naked terrorist. He's got an underwear on. He might have a bomb in there, son. Are you crazy? Did you? Hey, did uh, did Miss Mimi hear the uh, the sonic boom? Not that I know of. Oh, this is great little aviation story. Uh, some guy and his, I think his girlfriend were flying around up uh, near Seattle. And uh, I guess the president was up there. I didn't even know he was up there. And he's flying his Cessna 180, his float plane. And he came within eight miles of some perimeter, I guess, a a temporary, a TMOA, as we call it, uh, military operations area where it's a no-fly zone. And you have to check your NOTAMs to know that that's in. uh, Because it's not like there's a big line in the sky that says, don't cross here. And uh, they scrambled F-15 uh, jets, and they scrambled so fast that they broke the sound barrier, shattering windows um, from, uh, let's see, it was like all over the place. Um, what, they couldn't intercept the guy at from 500? Chi- from Chihalas, Chihalas to Seattle. Chihalas, is that how you pronounce it? Well, now that you pronounce it that way, I can't give you the right pronunciation. C-H-E-H-A-L-I-S. Uh, there is a pronunciation. I'm just not coming up with it. Right. It's it's usually sh- sh- it's not Chihalas. <laughs> the city of Chihalas, Washington. <laughs> it's not Chihalas. It's Chihalas. What the hell is it? Kahalis? Something like that. Something more like that. Right. Shattering windows, I tell you. <sighs> well, because, good. They can go pay for those broken windows. No, they'll never pay for it. But I just wondered if uh, if anyone up there, uh, any of the family it's had heard Chihalis. this. Chihalis. If anyone up there had heard the sonic boom. As they broke the sound barrier, scrambling for this poor schmuck with his float plane. Can <laughs> you imagine that? It's ridiculous. Got these guys yeah, I've got a new you. meme coming up. Uh-oh. Uh, and this is it. You'll figure it out just listening. To the, take the Tom Hartman clip and go with it. Oh, hold on a second. Uh, it, it's got to be called something other than Thom. Blotty blah? No, no. Ray's SS slash Tom, oh, Tom, Tom Hartman. Tom, it says Tom, Tom Hartman. Hartman. There we go. I'm sorry, guys. Hey, so the New America Foundation, newamerica.net, is suggesting at the same time that the Obama administration has a bunch of, you know, the best and the brightest examining Social Security, and they're all saying, well, maybe we should uh, raise the retirement age, or maybe we should cut the benefits, oh, yeah. or maybe, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. The New America Foundation has done the math. And they said that the, the traditional three-legged stool of American retirement, of home equity that you could draw on in your retirement, of savings, of pensions that typically were provided by employers, when Ronald Reagan came into office, half of all working people in America had a pension. A quarter were unionized and half had pensions. Uh, now it's, what, 7 8%, 9%? I don't know. It's very low, the, the percentage that have pensions. So it used to be home equity plus pension plus Social Security made retirement. Now, the home equity is gone. Average, average uh, boomer family has lost $171,000, people over 45 or 50. Uh, so that's gone. Home equity is gone. The average pension doesn't exist anymore. 
And Social Security ain't pan squats. They say we can double Social Security by simply getting rid of the cap. That'll pay for two-thirds of it. And taxing uh, 401ks, IRAs, those kind of things, which are mostly used by, by the upper middle class and by wealthy people and are basically tax giveaways to the big banks. I'm all over it. I'm right with You can them. take that to the bank. So the meme is uh, raise the retirement age? No, no. Did <laughs> you even listen to the clip? What were you yeah, of doing? Of course I listened to the clip. The, the, the idea is to double Bloody, body, block. the payout. Yeah, how does that work? You just ding the, the you soak the rich. I mean, yeah. come on, we we have given the rich a free free ride for too long. It's time to soak the rich. The rich being uh, those government workers who make uh, over one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year on I average, know, or or the ones out in Los Angeles that are getting three hundred thousand dollar pensions. I have a do you have a link in the show notes for that? The number of pensions for the water co- company, water district, uh, is at, you know it averages a couple hundred thousand a year for what? Paper pushers. The people aren't, aren't going to put up with this much longer, these ridiculous uh, – uh, I mean, these guys are making – you've got to see this list of the retires, retirees' uh, benefits for in the Los Angeles area. It's unbelievable. It's a good break in the state, that and $11 million a day for prisoners. We're broke. But the fact of the matter is we can soak the rich and pay everybody a lot of Social Security, and they'll spend the money. The rich – here's what's bothering me about the rich. I'm going to go on a kind of a left-wing tantrum here. They don't spend the money. You know, there's all this money in circulation. So, well, let's start up the printing press as well. It's going to cause inflation. No, it's not because there's the money, the real money out there is not in circulation. They're not spending it. They just have it sitting in, in bonds or in the bank or in some companies that are, you know, not doing very well. But it's, generally speaking, they have a, a big pot of money that's not in circulation. This is the problem. These rich people, where it happened to the Vanderbilts to build mansions. I'd like to see Bill Gates buying and building a mountain, you know, spend some of that money. I have to admire Paul Allen. He has three ridiculous yachts, monster yachts, killer yachts. He can't be on those things at the same time, but he's employing a bunch of people. So he's spending money. I, I, I credit him for that. He owns two, two sports teams. Keep going. That's it. I'm done. I'm, I'm, you're, you're obviously against me. No, I'm not. John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. I was actually waiting for the cue. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board. And I think these rich people should also be supporting this show. They should be supporting all kinds of alternative media. Instead of investing in companies like Verizon, who, uh, by the way, re- everyone's been complaining about the Apple and, uh, and AT&T cabal for the iPhone. Nice to see Verizon teaming up with Google to screw us. Do you think our show is going to load really fast, John? I think it's really no, going to work not. well. It's gonna, we are getting pushed out of the market by Verizon that everybody loves. We're all the tech pundits on the whole Verizon thing now. You don't hear anyone talking about it. No one's talking about this. And they're literally saying, well, you know, everyone should be able to manage their own network. Bullcrap. That's total bullcrap managing their network. That's double speak for cutting shit off. And particularly wireless. We're not going to get through on wireless anymore. Not on Verizon. Not yeah, the, I agree. I think the whole thing's a mess. And the fact of the matter is you might as well just soak the rich, soak Verizon, get the money from these guys. They're just walking away with way too much of it. They're not spending it. They're not putting it back into the system. If they were, you're right. They would have been giving no agenda show. And, uh, and what, do you, uh, what do you consider rich? What is rich? I think anybody with a net worth of over $10 million. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I had that at one point. And I started a whole bunch of companies, and now I'm not rich. You put it back in circulation, (laughs) and you're still working for a living. But I'm not rich. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you can be rich again if these guys will start coughing up some money to the no agenda show, Dvorak.org slash NA. Yes. Hey, okay, I got a funny bit to put at the end of the show here. We don't want to do a trains, uh, trains planes bit? Oh, you might. Oh, no, here, I'll do it after trains planes. All aboard! Trains good, planes bad. In our never-ending quest to prove to the uh, producers who uh, listen to this program and participate that the high-speed rail meme being propagated and being funded by the United States government is bull crap and not intended for your traveling pleasure, but for transporting meat in vats to where you live. <laughs> that uh, meat. Yeah, and the fact that Hill & Knowlton, the uh, arguably one of the most successful PR companies in the world, is all over the media making air travel look like crap and promoting train travel. We, from time to time, put together a couple of links. And yeah, well, yes, I have, I do have to interject. Okay, I was thinking about this this week about the trains, planes thing, and I, I kept saying to myself, "Wait a minute, why? Why? What? What's missing from the picture? The, what's missing from the picture is the plane guys getting, you know, Burst and Marcel or some of the other guys to fight back a little bit and put some pro uh, airplane uh, memes out there, and then it dawned on me." Okay. They were obviously bitching to somebody, and they, the plane industry was taken aside. The air, you know, the air industry was taken aside. And said, "Hey, look, this is a bullshit scam. Don't mess it up for us, okay? Yeah, just don't don't, don't worry about it. Just just don't let worry it about be. It. It's not, about, it's not going to hurt your business one bit. <laughs> You're so right. In fact, they probably said, "Hey, if you help us a little bit, we'll cut you a break on those carbon yeah, taxes we'll a under the table." Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll that's up. why the airplane industry, the, the airline industry, none of these people have said squat. Yeah. Oh, I think that's. Uh, I think you. I think you're onto something there. I think you're onto something. Well, there's uh, there's only two uh, two things I want to discuss briefly. Uh, one is uh, CNN, and uh, this article written by Catherine Dorset, and of course, Catherine is now officially douchebag. a douchebagette. Um, baguette. A douchebagette. Is the U.S. turning a corner on high-speed rail? This article is not to be believed. If you read it, uh, and uh, story highlights, CNN is very happy to uh, give us a little box here on the left. Washington awards $8 billion amongst 31 states to develop high-speed rail service. Opponents, colon, high-speed rail is expensive and won't save energy. Now, I don't think we've said that. We said it won't be transporting people and it'll take too long and it will be too expensive. Supporters, colon, trains would cut pollution and stimulate the economy. And this article is, is like directly from the Ministry of Truth. And... So I, I can belabor the whole um, the whole article, but I thought it'd be more interesting to look at other articles written by Catherine Dorsett of CNN, and uh, she clearly is. Uh, I guess she just rubber stamps her name on stuff. She t- she takes the the copy and then puts her name on it. Um, daytime television host and author Rachel Ray joined a bipartisan group of lawmakers Thursday to unveil new child nutrition legislation in Washington. So uh, this is the uh, Michelle Obama. She just uh, oh, just rubber stamps that. And then my favorite has to be this article, uh, a book review. Princess Bubble is a new book about a modern-day princess who also happens to be a flight attendant. Princess Bubble flies for the Royal Air Line, H-E-I-R. In her first adventure, adventure Bubble finds the true source of happily ever after. As this whole this whole review about Princess Bubble, this cannot be a serious journalist who actually did any work on this on this story about high speed rail. She's a shill and a 
Douchebag. Et. Et. A baguette. And then there's... Uh, then there's, we just call them baguettes. Yes, baguettes. And then there's this story, which uh, actually kind of uh, comes into a Gitmo Nation category as well. At some point, it appears to be so frustrating, and the mom may have yelled and may have even slapped the baby. A Southwest Airlines flight attendant took a baby away from its parents in mid-flight after witnessing the mother apparently slap the crying child. The plane was traveling from Dallas to Albuquerque when the incident took place yesterday. Police questioned the couple, but the parents were not cited for the incident, and the medical personnel that evaluated the baby determined that the baby was fine. Police say the flight attendant acted appropriately and neutralized the situation. I think it was a solid move on the part of the flight attendant to take custody of the child. It neutralized the situation. It calmed everybody down. I found this a very disturbing occurrence. Because, of course, Boy. we don't really know what happened. We, don't really, we really don't, we don't know. I mean, it was like they were screaming at each other. She was slapping the kid around. I mean, it has a, it has a very weird vibe to it. Uh, and, of course, it all happened again on Southwest. Everything seems to be happening on Southwest these days. Um, and it just didn't feel right, you know, to have um, a, a stewardess, flight attendant, I should say, take away a child. It just didn't feel right. It felt a little preconditioning to me. Like, because she has... stewardesses. I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, right. Um, just, used to yeah. be called stewardesses. How come they're not called stewardesses anymore? They're not. That's politically incorrect. It's the, it's the S word. You can't say stewardesses or stewards. It's flight attendant. They are there to protect your life and your baby. will take your child away from you. If By the you, way, that article on the train thing where they say it's going to stimulate the economy, you know, this is pretty questionable because, you know, if, I don't know if you know how modern tracks are laid, but they tend to be laid by a giant machine. With reared in metal. It's not a, uh, ha, <laughs> it's not, you know, we're not going to bring a bunch of coolies over to <laughs> lay track. There's a, uh, yeah, coolies? <laughs> what is that? Is that a C word? The well, coolies? That's, what they, that's what we did in the... Uh, in the eighteen uh, sixties, we brought over the Chinese. They were called coolies mm. because I don't doesn't, know. Doesn't doesn't sound very friendly. No, well, whatever. But that's the point I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to. Yes, yeah, it's just going to be a big machine. It's not actually going to employ people. And will this yeah, machine run machine on? And, this, and will this machine run on magic? Will There'll be not- a couple of guys, you know, overpaid uh, machine operators, probably underpaid actually, compared to the, the Los Angeles people. And it won't, uh, it won't spew any uh, nastiness into the air. Ah, probably will. So anyway, so, so as we wind it up, John. So I was having. Well, I want to play the one last. Yeah, clip. no, we're going to play that. I, I just want to relate a personal story, human interest. So we were at Stonehouse, and we were having dinner, and the folks we were having dinner with, um, the husband is a giant hedge fund manager in New York. Uh, he's been he's a ru- tall man? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. He's a hedge fund manager of a giant hedge fund. Oh, I see. Okay. And uh, he's quitting. In <laughs> He's quitting his job. And I take that as a signal. And uh, he's going surfing. He's like, ah, I'm going to get out of the business. I'm going surfing. I'm like, okay. That would be like the canary in the coal mine for me. So it's. I think it's all coming crashing down very, very soon. That's good news for the Dvorak Horowitz podcast. Yes, very good. And you can hear uh, that at noagendastream.com. So I... Uh, Is this end was, of clip after credits or before credits? It should be before because it's, it's funny enough. Okay. And we're going to end the show. Then we won't have to do it after. This is a little long, but it's not that long.
But it's funny. This was a clip. This is pieced out of a uh, 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 back in black yesterday's John Stewart show where uh, Lewis Black, who's a comic, comes out and bitches about stuff. But in this case, he, he complained about the mercantile, mercantile uh, surroundings of this crummy movie, Eat, Eat Pray, Pray, Love. Can, love. I, can I just say one thing? Chicks are crazy about this movie. Don't go see it then. They are crazy about it because they've all read the book. And it's based on a true story and the woman who felt lost. and Yeah, first a she... true story, my ass. <laughs> Julia Roberts stars. I'm telling you, Mickey loves this book. She can't wait to see the movie and she's taking me with her. You should resist. <laughs> you shall resist, my son. Okay, why? Is it that bad? It's a piece of shit, that's why. Have you seen it? No, but I could tell immediately by watching this. Listen, just play it. Okay. But even worse than the movie is the shameless merchandising. They've taken a story about one woman's personal quest for happiness and turned it into a gay sky mall catalog. The home shopping network even dedicated 72 hours to nothing but EPL merchandise. This is our shower gel or body cream trio. This literally has taken you through all three countries, Italy, India, and Bali. It smells like gelato, which is Italian ice cream. I know what gelato means. I read the book. Besides, do you know what ice cream scented body wash does to a man on a spiritual quest in the jungles of Indonesia? <laughs> And Eat, Pray, Love limited edition gelato body wash is just the tip of the crap bird. The Eat, Pray, Love Robin by Me and Road Charm necklace, $79.95. The cocktail napkins. These are dream yep. journals. This one is called Female Energy. These fabulous white pillowcases with the word L-O-V-E. Pray with the pink crystals. Eat has the lavender crystals. Love is the clear crystals. Celebrating Eat, Pray, Love right here with the amazing Hutton Wilkinson. The whole thing is a celebration. <laughs> Dear Dream Journal, last night I had the most wonderful dream. I was on the set of the Home Shopping Network with an Eat, Pray, Love machete. And that bad boy did some damage. Wow. We've got to follow this. There's something going on with this movie. This is great. And you're going to go see it. I'm being forced. You know how that works. Well, you have to report back. Because at dinner, with this, uh, at the Stonehouse dinner, the Mickey and, uh, and her girlfriend... Married to the giant hedge fund manager, uh, they were talking about this movie and like, oh, it's so you know the book was so beautiful. And I can't wait. And this is the summer. They actually said this is the summer blockbuster. I said, no, it's not. I said, no, it's not. That's not a blockbuster movie. Have you? Seen? And they got they got uh, offended. Like, well, have you seen all the commercials? This is red. This is great. This is red. I'm like, wow. I haven't read the book. I don't know. I mean, I know what it's about. But uh, wow, there, you know, there is something we've got to look into this. This this somehow goes hand in hand with the Lady Gaga Vanity Fair interview. You should read that. Yeah, I guess I should.
Yeah, because you know, th- that also came up, and they're like, Lady Gaga, you know, she's great. She's helping people liberate themselves. Like, what you, she's a slave to Def Jam. What, the, what are you talking about? She writes all her own music. Yeah, so does Miley Cyrus. Like, telephone, telephone. The chick wears a telephone in her head and plastic see-through dress. It's like, what is she liberating? And But there is a, maybe it's some kind of pseudo neo women's movement or something is going on john and we and uh, frankly it needs to be stopped <laughs> i'm telling you i'm scared i don't know if we have any influence at all on something like this i think we're screwed the chick flicks that have that have been coming out they've been coming out one after another death race 2 go and rent it on dvd or buy it it's coming out death race 2 guys explosions cars hot chicks who are promiscuous that's what we need that's a summer blockbuster not eat pray love Speaking of uh, promiscuity, uh, Bobby Eden is now in the chat room at noagendachat.net. Uh, you can hear her uh, interview from the pool here at the Watchtower on the Daily Source Code. We did that yesterday. And uh, she is handing out uh, codes for free viewing on her webcam show uh, right now. She's got like 100 <laughs> codes, and she's giving them to uh, exclusively to No Agenda listeners. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's value for value, this is John. A good, this is a good counter to the eat, pray, love Thank crowd. you. Perfectly timed. Could not have said it better myself. <laughs> Dvorak.org slash NA. We need all the help we can get. Please consider supporting us with a one-time donation, a knighthood, or even a $5 a month. And coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, where the pool is uh, still slippery. My name's Adam Curry. Slippery, slippery slope. Uh, and from Silicon Valley... North, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again for Sunday early morning service right here on No Agenda.